Hey everyone, this is Ryan. You're listening to the Keychains Podcast. What we're doing today is a set review for Age of Ascension's Brobnar House. Uh, Over the next few episodes, we're going to be doing one house at a time, releasing one house per episode, uh, where we go through every card in Age of Ascension and rate it. Mostly you know, for, with, with sealed in mind. Um, but you know, also just general card quality. Uh, our rating system is strong, um, average and weak. Strong is cards that, you know, you, you open up the deck, you see the Archon card and you're like, Oh wow, this is a pretty sweet card. Uh, average is, you know, you're not necessarily disappointed to see it, but you know, you're not wild about it. It'll do work. Um, And then weak cards are ones that you're disappointed in, or they're really, really niche or hard to meet whatever conditions they require for them to be pulled off, stuff like that. You'll kind of get the hang of it as we go through. We're releasing this one today, obviously, because you're listening to it. Uh, And then we are not going to do one every Friday, uh, which is our normal, or every other Friday is our normal release schedule. We're going to do them kind of just ad hoc as we finish them up as we finish the editing so hopefully i think what we're aiming for is to get um ideally two out every week uh until we catch up with all seven houses um very worst case scenario you know one a week but i i really would be surprised if uh if we weren't able to bang these out in under a couple weeks so Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, Drop us a line afterwards and let us know what you think. If you think we're way off base or if you think we're bang on, either way, we want to know. So, yeah, enjoy. All right. So starting with Brobnar, we've got got 1-2 Punch. Uh, 1-2 Punch is an action. It gives you one bonus ember, and it has play. Stun an enemy creature. If that creature was already stunned, destroy it instead. Yeah, I like this card. I mean, again, it's one of the, it's the the conditional removal cause or issue that not issue, but like I, like that that definitely seems like especially in this set, like they they balance a lot of the powerful effects around like conditions. Like mm-hmm. I mean, if you really think about Alpha and Omega as like mechanics, they're just they're conditional mechanics, right? right? Because it's beginning your turn, end or end your turn. Um, so the fact that this is like stun a creature, and then if it is already stunned, destroy it. Like I can see a good a number of like synergies within uh, both sets uh, for for affecting that. But uh, yeah, it's pretty average. I think I think against Call of the Archons, to be completely fair, this card is actually probably a little better than that given the number of creatures like a number of mars creatures that just enter place stunned yeah that's true so it's like you get like you know dominator out there and comes in stunned on itself you choose brobnar next turn one two punch it like i mean i have dominators in the set but like that is a that is an interesting way to but yeah i think it's 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 pretty good in on its own so i'd say it's fairly average but yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that we, we probably agree it's, it's at the top end of average. Like, it's bordering on that average to strong. Because right, right. Your, your worst case scenario, you get an ember, you stun a creature. Which means that you cost your opponent an ember yep. at some point in the game. Um, best case scenario, you get an ember and blow up one of their creatures. Which means you've cost them the ember from that creature for the rest of the game. Many times right. they would have wanted to use it. And you probably get to solve a problem. Um, the 
Uh, and then obviously it becomes it, it it crosses that border from average to strong if you have like sanctum in your deck with a lot of stunning effects. Right. If you have ways to stun your opponent's creatures when you want to, or even if you have multiple punches. I have a deck with two punches, and it was great to get them out in the same turn because I was like punch that thing and it's gone. Yeah. And I get two ember out of the deal. Um, does hurt a little bit to use two cards on one guy, but you know whatever. Uh, okay. But I, th I think it's it's average bordering on strong. Yeah, I agree. Um, so next card is Bingle Bang Bang. It is a two-power goblin uh, it, with the text, Before fight, deal five damage to each neighbor of the creature Bingle Bang Bang fights. This is a weird card. Like, I saw it, because this was showed up in a couple of our, our friends' decks when we did our, our release event, uh, and it certainly did work. I mean, dealing five damage to, especially if you can throw this at something elusive, uh, and deal five damage to its neighbors. Yeah, it is pretty because five damage is a lot. Like, I mean, if you think about putting it next to, you know, if say like you have a, you have, uh, like, I can't even remember any elusive creatures right now, or wallop in this set, or not wallop the the other guy. Anyway, if you have an elusive creature in the center, and then there are two like beefy sanctum creatures right next to that, you're in popping through two of that armor. Yep. To or one of the armor to, and then getting you know three damage or four damage onto that creature. So that's pretty good. Um, it still kind of rides the average line for me, I think, because it being two power kind of means that it can it ends up being like a, a sacrificial pawn to because i mean you could swing it into something big and blow up two of the problems next next door to it which is kind of nice but uh it, it's well don't forget so uh i think that what's really great even if it, even if you do just you know suicide bomber this thing into um into something you take out most likely two of its neighbors or you substantially damage them the yeah. average power in call of the archons last set was uh like around four it was between yeah. three and four um the average power in this set is also it's like three and a half so yeah. you know between three and four as well so that five damage is is very likely going to kill something uh, at least one of the two things True. if not both so even running it in and knowing it's going to get out you can get a two for one because the the bingle bang bang dies but the other two creatures probably are going to die the other thing is, um, we talk about running him into an elusive creature, but even if you run him into a taunter, then they have maybe two elusive creatures next to the That's taunter, true. or the two neighbors are elusive, even if there is no taunting. Um, now you just popped out two elusive creatures without having to run you know, four attacks into each of those guys. Like, and, and you didn't take any damage back. So yeah. if your opponent has, or, or uh, yeah, like your opponent has a Mesa Asp, or something with poison, like now you've got a way to get rid of it without losing you know, a big nasty creature of your own in the process so i think i would put bingo bang bang as strong because he's always going to get you well he's almost always going to get you a two for one um and if i'm like another good way of, of looking at cards that i've kind of tried to take is if my opponent plays this card how scared am i and if i see them play a bingo bang bang i want that gone i do not want that on the table because now they control my board they i have to be very very careful with how i put things down and i don't want to pay that much attention to my board so, but the the other thing I will, I will say, kind of to, to counter argument that is like, I mean, granted, we've we've played three whole games of Call, uh, Age of Ascension so far, so this is still very early for the two of us. Um, 
there's just a lot. I mean, granted, if we're looking at average power. That's fine. But there is so much out there that is like constantly buffing things to make them bigger. Like we'll get into a lot of those cards later. But I can still see like I can still see five damage just not being enough even for those like three no those two three power creatures because there are cards out there that just like has deploy its neighbors get plus two power like yeah, suddenly suddenly you have you know that bingle bang bang like that's not a great trade because it's like I traded my one creature to put two damage on one creature and then five damage on the two neighbors of it and didn't kill anything yeah okay, granted yeah I got I got you know a bunch of damage on the board and I there are also really great synergies within the game for uh, within this set for that so I guess if I knew that that was gonna be my next turn or, or something like that where I could profit off of the damage existing that might be good for me but I Five damage is a lot. I, I think for me personally, still, it still sits on like the higher, like we kind of had said for one two punch, it sits on the higher end of average. But um, just because, like, situationally, I, st I still think it's too situational. But I could also see the argument for it being, being pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, it made me mad. like I had one in my deck during the release of that, yeah. and it did work. Um, I, I can... And some of that was because my opponent wasn't removing it immediately because they were unfamiliar with the set. Right. So I got to run an attack or two with it with where they're like, oh, that thing is ridiculous. Yeah. So I, in my experience, it has been a strong, strong card. But I mean, yeah. I, I guess it depends. But I, I didn't I didn't end up with any Brobnar in, gotcha. in, any of my, or in my deck. So I ended up... He did work. Like, yeah. let me tell you. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm good with my strong. I completely understand average. Um, so let's move on to the next card. It is Bramo. It is a four power, one armor, giant knight with play, deal two damage to each enemy flank creature. Uh, gut reaction is average. I think that the fact that it's a playability kind of um, makes it more, like, like once it's on the table, like if there's no good targets for it at, the, at once you play it, like it's just kind of like, yeah, I just dropped two damage on something. But yeah. Again, like, yeah, lots of ways to benefit off of it, yep. off of that damage. Uh, it did kind of burn me uh, at the the pre-release or not the pre-release, but the release event where I only had I had I think I had like two gubs sitting on the center, like it, like they were the only creatures I had on the table. Oh, and popped them both. And yeah, my opponent dropped that. It was our friend of the show, Michelle. Yeah, uh, she dropped Bramo and killed both of them. And I was like, well, <laughs> those are the only two cards I could have really played last turn, and yeah. that pretty much. Invalidated my entire. That's turn. gonna happen. I don't. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't. I. I, th I think it's average too. It's. Yeah. A, it's a four power one armor creature with a slight upside. Um. Sometimes that upside will be huge. Sometimes that upside will be, you know, decent. Yeah. Um. Other times it'll just bounce off of armor, and yep. you know you may be able to capitalize on it. But I think I think it's a pretty solid average card. Yeah. Um. So that moves us to a reprint. Coward's End is an action play. Destroy each undamaged creature. Gain three chains. Yeah, uh, again, I think this is strong still. I mean, we talked about this before the show, but uh, I think I think it's not as strong as it was uh, given, like, again, like, we've looked at two cards. We're four cards into the set. Two <laughs> cards do damage, like, damage in bulk, right? So there's just a lot more ways to kind of, uh, uh, to reference a card that we'll probably talk about later. Uh, just poke things right. for damage, uh, where Coward's End can kind of maybe backfire on you. Um, 
like granted, like you played a Brobdon turn last, like you know you had a Brobdon turn, you're kind of like saving things up, or like hey, you top deck this and you need to play Brobdon again. Probably not gonna drop that Coward's End after you played your Promo and Bingo Bang Bang, right? Like it's, it's, it's still great. It's still a strong card. I mean, it well, <laughs> during our during our Atlanta tour, like this card did so much work for me. But uh, yeah. So I, I think the same argument you're using against it can be used for it. So like, let's say uh, you've got a Coward's End, but then you've got the ability to you know poke your own guys and do a little bit of damage. Um, that just lets you set up a turn where you keep your entire board and wipe out all of theirs. But, but I'm not talking about poking your own because like this, like the, the, the again the two cards that we've talked about so far don't poke your own creatures. They no, I know. Specifically poke your opponent's creatures. Right. I'm saying yeah, yeah, and, like, and I I agree that it's it's. It's going to be harder in some situations to finesse your Coward's End. So I don't, I don't think you're going to get as much value with Coward's End right. in this set as you did in the last set. Yeah. But you will still get a really solid amount of value even so. Because naturally you don't want your stuff to be damaged. So right. you're going to play your stuff out. You're going to play in a way where you probably aren't trying to get damage on your creatures to play against the Coward's End until you know they have a Coward's End. Right. Um, so I think you're still going to get value out of it, but I agree that you're not going to get as much value as you did out of Coda. So right. it's still a strong card, but don't necessarily expect, or at least be prepared to not have the blowouts you did with yeah. uh, with it in, in Call of the Archives. Yeah, it's not it's not your cheap uh, gateway to disc anymore. It's, yeah, it's not as guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so we'll go to the next card here. It's Calfine. Calfine? I think it's Calfine. Calfine. I think Calfine works. Uh, it's a five-power giant. With before fight, deal two damage to each neighbor of the creature Calfine fights. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, it's like the inverse of uh, Bingo Bang Bang. I was just gonna say yeah, that. Uh, and yeah, I I think. So here's here's the trade off in my mind. Bingo Bang Bang with two power, very high chance of just dying and uh, like you yeah. said, too well. Uh, of just like um, getting himself killed immediately, yeah. but dealing that five damage. Calfine with five power. We'll probably be able to crack in a few times. Yeah. So I, I think it's also strong. Yeah. Um, but in uh, it, it'll be more of a slow. It'll be more of a grindy incremental advantage from Calfine. Um, it still bypasses elusive. It still works the same way as Bingle Bang Bang. You're just not going to just annihilate creatures as quickly as Bingle Bang Bang was. Right. But he'll stay around longer to accumulate that value. I, so I, I yeah I would I would probably stick with. I mean, and we can always just. To be fair, again, I had a lot of experience with these two cards, you know, so just on their face, it's for me, it's like, especially with Calfine, be like that being just two damage, like, yeah, it bypasses Elusive, it's probably going to take down uh, some of the smaller Shadows creatures, specifically, um, but I still think, like, the, the, the neighbor damage is great, I, I'd still say, like, it's top end of average. Top end of average. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so we will go to the next card. Drum or not, uh, is a six power giant with play, fight, reap. Return a friendly giant creature to your hand. Now there was a rata on this, so it's actually, even regardless of what the printed card says, it's return another friendly yes. giant creature to your hand? Okay. Yes. Um, so it can't bounce itself right. um, to make a pseudo it, endless, well, not endless well, because of the rule of six, but yeah. a, a repetitive loop where it just bounces itself, plays itself, bounces itself, plays itself. It has to ready a different giant. Um, I, I think the, or not ready, but bounce. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, bounce is uh, another. Yeah. But the, the thing with Drummer Not, I, I think 
I mean, we've we've seen the the strength that uh, War Drummer can can really bring to the table. Um, essentially, seeing as like you can gang your chieftain something to ready another creature and fight with it, then use the war dr- or the um, drummer knot to bring the ganger chieftain back to your hand, play ganger chieftain again, you know, so things like that. So ways to bounce creatures that have really good play effects. This this is pretty strong to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean you're not going to bounce. You're obviously not going to bounce things that don't have play effects, but. Right. Well, you you might because uh, so here's the thing you can do with drum or not, is you can reap with a creature or fight with a creature, yep. get some damage on it, play your drum or not, yeah, bounce the giant to your hand, yeah, replay it with a with a heal. Or yep. if you have, um, uh, I don't I don't know, maybe you somehow managed to get a uh, maverick full moon in your Brobnar. <laughs> but uh, there there may be other things that care about creatures coming into play or leaving right. play. You can fiddle with that. Really, anytime. A creature allows you to do repetitive things like that. It needs it needs an eye on it. Yeah, um, I would say like uh, I mean like it makes Brahmo yep. suddenly very scary because like you drop Brahmo, like say you drop Brahmo and the two two things on the end have armor. Yep. And then you drop the drummer knot, bounce Brahmo back to hand, replay Brahmo again. again. That's four damage that you just dropped on your on the flank creatures. Like yeah. that seems pretty good. Absolutely, like, absolutely. So I would uh, say drummer now is pretty strong. Yeah, I, I I go strong on that too. I think it's a really solid card yeah. that is begging for um, you know powerful plays to happen. I think yeah. someone saw that I mean, the fact that have, they had to errata it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so the the one that came up uh, came to mind is that if you have a ganger chieftain in hand, uh, mm-hmm. which when you well we'll get to it in a minute. Um, but uh, if you play it, you can ready and fight with a neighboring creature, uh, and it's a giant. If you have uh, a drummer knot and a ganger chieftain in hand, you can play them, you know, back and forth to ready each other and bounce and everything else. And you can end up, uh, if your opponent has no creatures, you can end up with six ember just off playing those over and over yeah, again. Interesting. So yeah. because it'll ready, you reap with it, then you bounce, and you know you can just go back and forth. I didn't even game. think about like the endless loop there. I was just yeah. like, oh yeah, you can just drop the ganger chieftain and. Right. I didn't realize. I didn't even think about the fact that you could then ready. Yeah. So watch any you cards. Ready in fight with neighboring. So what you do is you and because because drummer not oh, yeah. play fight reap. Yeah. You yeah. yeah you have the drummer not in play. You play the ganger chieftain ready the drummer not. Uh, there's nothing to fight, so it just reaps again, bounces the drum the the ganger chieftain, right. and you just keep. Like you really you can move that six times. Yep. Um. So that's. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty uh, or if they do have creatures, you can fight a bunch of times into things. Yep. Because Drummer Knot with its um with its six power is no laughing matter. Nope. It is not gonna be something that you easily get rid of. Nope. Survives a bingle bang bang. It does. <laughs> uh, all right. So enough about our, our new our new BFF drummer knot. Um, we're gonna move on to first blood. First Blood is an action. It gives you one bonus ember, and it has alpha, which, just as a reminder, we're not going to go this every time a card has alpha, but since it's the first one, alpha says, you can only play this card before doing anything else this step. So it has to be the first card you play. You can't reap before you play it. You can't do anything else. I mean, I guess you forge your key before you play it, but then it's kind of before that step anyway. exactly. So this has to be the first thing you do. Uh, So First Blood, alpha, uh, it has play. Deal two damage for each friendly Brobnar creature. 
you may divide this damage among any number of creatures. So if you have one Brobnar creature, you can do two damage to a single target or one damage to two targets. If you have two Brobnar right. creatures, now you've got four damage to split up. Uh, it's a little bit like Orbital Bombardment from the, uh, from the last set, except you don't have to split it in increments of two. You can split every single point of damage, kind of like Cooperative Hunting. Right. Um, so what do you think? It's really average to me. Um, it, the the alpha part of it is kind of what makes it average. If it didn't have alpha, I'd say this is probably a, this would be a really strong card. Um, but I guess that's probably why it has alpha. Right. Um, it at our release at our release event, it seemed to be fairly. Uh, it, it's just too conditional. Uh, right, like you could just have a situation where it is a Brobnar card that you have in your hand, and the only thing that you like, you get three Brobnar cards in your hand. It, I guess, what I'm trying to get to without having a story, is it's one of those cards that either says, "Do I need to hold on to this card, or do I just need to pitch it?" Right. I think the fact that it gives you an amber is really good. You're probably not going to pitch it for that. You'll just play the the two amber right. for no damage. Or I mean the, the card for just no damage and then just get the amber, which is totally fine. Like that's good. That's fine. It's a, a, you want you want at least one amber out of right. every card you play if you can at all swing it. Right. So I mean that's fine. I but two damage for e, like it can have it's can be you drop six damage on something or well no well you could drop ten damage on something or you can drop yep two or so nothing. I think this is a card that asks a lot to be good. Yeah. So it asks that you have to have Brobnar creatures already in play because you can't play them after this and get any benefit. Right. So you need to have already played Brobnar creatures, which is is kind of a big ask because what Brobnar does is it fights. Um, you're naturally going to lose Brobnar creatures. So your turn, you play Brobnar creatures, you fight with them. Your opponent takes their turn and either finishes off your Brobnar creatures or maybe knocks one or two out. You're never going to... It, it's a really big ask to make sure that you have a sizable portion of Brobnar creatures. Really, to me... What this card says is uh, bonus ember and deal two damage divided as you choose. I would not expect to get more than that. Um, and even that two damage, I, I'm not expecting to necessarily get. Right. Um, so really, it's just a card that gives me a bonus ember, which is fine, but definitely not better than average. Right. Um, so we'll go to the next card here. It is a uh, yeah, it is Foozle, a five-power giant with Reap. If an enemy creature has been destroyed this turn, gain one ember. So that's not stacking. It's not right. one ember per creature destroyed. It's just if one or more creatures have been destroyed, to gain a single ember. Yeah, this is not war chest on a stick. <laughs> uh, 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 it's probably on the lower end of average for me. Um, I... It's a five-hour creature, which is great. I mean, it's a it's a body that's going to stick on the table. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's average. Dice Biggle Bang Bang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that our new? Yeah, that, that's that's going to be that's our the, new the, side podcast. The old the old magic joke of it dies to Doom Blade is now it dies to Bang Bang. Dies to Biggle Bang Bang. Uh, I. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really inefficient do fairy. Like, if you really yeah, think fair. about what it is, like it, uh, how it works, like it, it requires you to be able to kill something. Before you can reap for two, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Like it, it, if any house that has the ability to do that, it's going to be Brobnar. Um, you can fight with a different creature, kill something small, or crack something big into something else, and then get a benefit of it. There's some very obvious synergies with uh, Foozle and other creatures in the set. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that it's a perfectly 
Yeah, okay card. card. Yep, perfectly average. Uh, yeah, totally agree. It's 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 not asking a lot, but it is asking. Um, but I mean, you can still always reap with it. You can still always fight with it. Yep. So yeah, totally average. Uh, so we're gonna move on to a reprint, uh, another reprint. Ganger Chieftain, a five power giant. We mentioned it a minute ago. Play. You may ready and fight with a neighboring creature. Yep. Um, I have no real like nothing changes with Ganger Chieftain. I think actually Ganger Chieftain gets better in the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, Ganger Chieftain is still a strong card. Yeah. In in the game. And anything that lets you bypass a rule yep. is going to be a good card. And the normal rule is a creature is exhausted when it comes into play. A creature can only fight once per turn. So Ganger Chieftain lets you break that rule. It lets you fight multiple times with a creature, or it lets you ready a creature uh, and you know potentially do something if your opponent has nothing to fight. Right. Um, so a, a Ganger Chieftain is something to look out for, and I think that it's... it's I'm going to call it strong. I could also see an argument for it just being at the very top end of average. Um, but I, I feel like it crosses that line into strong. I know, yeah. I, I think it's it just synergizes too well with yeah. almost anything. Like it synergizes almost too well with anything in any house. It's right? hard. Like, it's hard not to get. Oh, actually, that's a really right. good point. Cheating houses. I didn't even right. think of that. Yeah, that that definitely brings it over the line. Because yeah. I, I yeah totally forgot that you could drop this next to a sanctum creature or a shadows creature and. Bam! Now you have um, you know a ready. Now you're house cheating, right? Uh, and house cheating again. That breaks a, a cardinal rule of um, of keyforge, where right. you only get one house per turn. And so this guy lets you not only break the the, the comes into play ready fight only once per turn, but it also lets you break that that one house per turn right. uh, rule. So yeah, no, totally, totally putting him in the strong. And uh, you have to kind of. The, the, the turns in which you won't get extra value off of Ganger Chieftain are going to be few and far between. Right. Um, it'll happen, but yep. not often enough to, to drop this down from strong to average. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I, I agree. Strong. Yeah, very Solid strong. strong. So we'll move on to another reprint. Um, you know, I'm not going to... I guess I mentioned that every time, but I'm not going to... Yeah. Uh, so Gauntlet of Command is an artifact item, uh, in case that ever becomes relevant, but it is an artifact. Um, it's an item with action, ready and fight with a friendly creature. So it's like a, a repeatable Ganger Chieftain. It is, um, and it makes it, it's still pretty good. Uh, I think the the fact that it's a little slower than Ganger Chieftain kind of makes makes it hard to be like, yeah, this card is... Well, but it's repeatable. Ganger True. Chieftain is just, it comes in and does once, but you don't get a body off of Gauntlet. True. I'm, I'm still calling it strong, because yeah. it lets you cheat houses the same, like all of the same arguments for Ganger Chieftain applied to Gauntlet of Command. It's just that you have to wait a turn, but artifacts are notoriously sticky. Yeah, um, whereas, uh, I don't know if they are so much in this set. Sure, sure, but it's it's. I would say that no matter. I don't the think set, it affects. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't no, think it no affects this, anything. But right, and no matter the set, though, a creature is always going to be easier to get rid of right. than an artifact. True, true. But, true. Um, but I, I I like Gauntlet Man. I say it's a strong card. But yeah, I, I I agree. Well, especially because it's just slower. Agreed, but it helps you set up for what Brobnar wants to do. Brobnar wants to fight. So you have Sanctum, you know, like let's say you have some Sanctum cards, you have some big beefy boys with armor. Yep. Now you can, uh, you know, like you you can get benefit out of having these guys on your Brobnar turn with creatures that care about fighting. So it really lets you stack up these, yeah. you know, these fighting effects um, for a monster turn. Yep. So Gauntlet of Command is, is huge in that regard. And, it, and just the fact that it house cheats. And if your opponent has an empty board, this reads uh, action, gain an ember using one of your creatures. Yep, pretty much. So I, I think it's a strong one. Are you in? Uh, are you in cahoots yeah. with that? Yeah. <laughs> All I right. Just, I just wanted to point out that it was yeah. there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll move on to the next creature. It is a it's Groggins, uh, an eight power giant. When Groggins is used to fight, 
It can only attack flank creatures. I kind of hate this card. Yeah, I call it weak. <laughs> I it's, really don't like, don't really like this a, card at all. It's a power creature, which, okay, sure, that's that's a lot of power, whatever. Um, so it's it's sticky, but like, then it has a condition where it can only fight flank creatures. I would rather have an eight power creature that has no text. I you mean, know what I mean? Yeah. Or, I, or, or even a six power creature with no text. I would like that over Groggins. There is, so later on, there are some funny cards that uh, could make Grogans really good. Oh, of course. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it, it's an 8-power Reap creature yeah. for the most part and like can deal with a, a problem. I mean, the good when, news like, is... It's, it's sticky. The good news is they will always have a flank creature. True. Um, however, this any anything that limits your ability to play... So you plop Grogans down, now you give control to your opponent over what Grogans can fight. Right. So, granted, sometimes you'll just be able to put them in a bad situation where it doesn't matter what they do. But other times they can be like, okay, well, I'll just put my Mesa Asp on the flank. Yeah. Have fun. Or I'll put these elusive creatures on the flank. And yeah, I guess you're just reaping with Grogans. Can't do I mean, much. They, they, you never want your opponent to have a decision. That actually, that exact situation happened where my opponent's only creature was Grogans, and yeah. I had two elusive creatures on both sides, and uh, feels bad. Not do anything about it. It's <laughs> like, oh well, I guess I reap because that's all I can do. Right. Which yeah. I mean, it's still fine. But like again, at my at my my metric for average is not detrimental. Yeah. Like, like an eight power, like I, I the, the power is really irrelevant yeah. if it can only attack flank creatures. So I would rather have a six power creature that can attack anything I want. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I call, I call it weak. Yep. All right. Um, so we'll go to the next card. Groak is a five power giant with fight. Your opponent loses one ember. This card is not a reprint, but I feel like it's a reprint. It feels, it's like the opposite of Headhunter. Yeah. It, it's, I feel like there's another card that does this though, or no? It's the one. Uh, it's I cannot remember his name now to save my life. Bumpsy? It's the one when you yeah, Bumpsy. Bumpsy. When you play, he loses one, which would be great. Uh, so this is a better Bumpsy, really. Well, um, I wouldn't say great because this has to I live said through the fight. Better Bumpsy. I didn't say great. No, Bumpsy. no, no. Yeah. I just said better Bumpsy. I don't. I, I I'd rather have Bumpsy. Uh, I mean, especially with Drummer Knot, like Bumpsy as a card would be pretty gross. No, I guess you're right. And now that I'm thinking about it, Brobnar has a lot of effects that let you fight multiple times per right. turn. I mean, uh, we just oh. saw a Ganger Chieftain in Gauntlet of Command. Yep. And, well, Dromonaut doesn't really count. Um, but there's other stuff that we'll get to in the yeah. set review where you can fight multiple times per turn. So I guess Grok actually might be better than Bumsy in this set. Right. I mean, at most, with his health, like if, if that's how you're looking at it, with his power, he at most is getting two. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't count on getting. I mean, more than... I mean, at average, he's getting two. Not right. at most. At most, he could probably get two you know, ember. Well, uh, so... well, five. Five is his cap, right? Like sure. ultimately, because he has well, to fight five times. But he'll only lose. He'll only cost your opponent four ember because the fifth time he fights, he'll probably die. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's more like so he'll come down with five power. He'll theoretically, let's say you somehow have infinite fights with him available, um, you'll probably be able to fight two things and he'll die in the second combat, which means they're only going to end up losing one ember. Right. So right. your your barometer for your Grok, if he uh, if he earned his paycheck, is you want him to at least cost them one ember. Um, and that's on par with Bumpsy. Bumpsy, by the way, since it's not being reprinted, we'll mention it real quick, is a, I believe it was five power... Yeah. Um, giant from the last set and he had play your opponent loses one ember right so really they're on par here except that with bumpsy you weren't incentivized to fight 
uh, to get value. You yeah. can play him, get the one, and then do whatever you needed to do with him. Whereas Groak, you, it feels bad to reap with him. Sometimes that's the right play, right. but it feels like you're losing out. You know, like you've got the, the FOMO of not fighting with him. So I, I'm calling him average. Yeah, like, I'd say he's average. Yeah. Like, he's I got mean, an upside. I mean, his upside is He can is attack more than flank strong. creatures. True. <laughs> yeah, yes, he can. His upside is pretty strong, I think. Yes. But, he, has, uh, he has a lot of potential, but it's going to be tricky. So you need, you need your opponent to have at least two two or one power creatures for you to get more than one ember off of this guy or a way to heal and he quickly or... becomes a lightning rod right like if he yeah and there's ways to there's ways to get more than just that value there's ways to buff his power yep. there's ways to heal him so it's not like you're never going to see a uh, a grok that just does work um, right. but you can't count on it so right. that's why that's why i feel like he's a, a solid yeah, average, average yeah um so moving on to the next card into the fray is an action with play for the remainder of the turn, a friendly Brobnar creature gains the text. Fight, ready this creature. Speaking of infinite combats. Exactly. Uh, Twelve. Six combats. <laughs> I hate this card in the sense of I hate that it exists. Oh, yeah? Uh, it actually got used on me in the exact way that we mentioned. Not with Grok. Um, I can't remember what creature it was, but I got an Into the Fray and cleared my entire board. Yep. Like, it was a board wipe that... I didn't see coming. So there's another card that we're going to go into um, that it made this card hilarious. Uh, so I had the, another card in the set is Lolith the Titanic. Um, it's just a giant, a literal giant um, creature. And I was able to into the fray onto it and just take out like four creatures. Yeah. No problems. Um, and with all, the, with all the fight things that Robinar loves to do, it's... Uh, it's a, it's a strong card. I like it. Yeah. I mean, and it's a common too. I mean, granted, like, you know, that that's neither here or there. Like commons in this well, game tend to be a little bit stronger than non-commons. Right. But. This is the card that Brobnar wanted last. Set. Yeah. Like I agree. Hands down. So his secret secret text on this card is that it will almost always gain you at least one ember. Yep. Because you. Fight with your Brobnar creature. If it lives, it will become ready, and then you can just reap with it. So it's yeah. almost like the bare the the floor for this card, given the average power of of the the set um, in terms of creatures, and given the average power of Brobnar creatures, you're almost always going to end up with your creature alive after a single fight, which means that you can then reap with it. So not only did you punch something in the face, you got an ember out of it. Um, yeah. So that's that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. It, it doesn't say it fights everything. You right. can just stop. Like, like yeah. that's the thing is that it has a, a full stop on it yeah. if you just choose not to fight again. Yep. So, hey, Mace's ass on the other side of the table, Ink of the like, Spider, you're just like, nah, I'm going to yeah. leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, and... I'll fight everything else and then I'll just stop when I need to stop. Yeah, and yeah. then I'll read my for my one, one Yeah, minute. so it's, it's a fantastic card. Definitely yeah. strong. Definitely yeah. strong. Really so, good. I mentioned Lollop the Titanic. That's the next card. Uh, Lollop the Titanic is an 11 power giant location so he's so huge he is actually a location there are people um, looking like they're having a picnic on his shoulder there yeah literally it's hilarious i love this card um yeah everything like even without the text even without the numbers i love the art the, yeah. the concept of how this it's, card is constructed uh is just a fantastic it's a home run as far as like you guys nailed this one yeah i actually want to make a comment oh, on uh, something. so I, I didn't mention the text yet so let me go yep. to that real quick so lollop the titanic 11 power giant location lollop the titanic deals no damage when attacked yes. so if your opponent hits him 
he just sits there and takes it. Yeah. But he can deal damage when he's on the offensive. Yeah, it's like it, so. So it's like one really. a, a single direction elusive. Effectively, like the elusive goes back to the opponent. The, the, it or almost, gives a skirmish kind of in a way. Yeah, it almost yeah. gives your opponent skirmish in a way, but it worded way better than yeah. that. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the one thing I want, the one comment I, I want to say is like original uh, Keyforge art, like Call of the Archons art was like it's good, but like you know it felt very much. Uh, I don't know the best term for it, but I, what I'll all I'll say is I feel like the art in Age of Ascension like got turned up a notch yeah. to feel. I, I guess generic is what I want to say, and and like that's not what I mean. Maybe generic in style, yeah, generic just, seeming yeah, in style. But like they like they took their their kind of initial style and they just ran with it and yeah. made it like and it like the art in the set is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, continuing on with Lollop. Uh, it's pretty. It's an average card. Yes. For me, um, uh, eleven power is a lot. Like, I mean, if you think about cards in Call of the Archons that were that big, they were the win more cards. Like you're talking like Khalifi Dragon, True Baru, things like that. Where it's like, it's a big creature that had a downside to it, but when you got it on the table, or in True Baru's situation, off the table, um, it. Was a you know it was just I'm gonna win I I'm guaranteeing my win in this game now because unless you had direct removal that twelve power thing is gonna stay on the table yeah Lollop uh kind of similarly if it's you gotta crack a lot of stuff into like you gotta like the things that you could be reaping with you're like having to crack into Lollop which yep and you do have to remove them. you can't just let an eleven nope. power creature sit there right because it's just going to slowly turn after turn kill your stuff right but whereas if he was just a straight blank eleven uh, like blank text eleven creature then you know they're losing material by attacking into him and that would be a bonkers card yeah but you know they can just almost like Aether Spider almost like Shadow Self they can just keep cracking into it with no cost themselves other than losing the Ember which is right. good like every creature they attack into him is one they're not reaping with right um, but. You know, it's still it's still limiting. So he's not he's a, he's a good card, but he's not you know over the top into that right. that strong region. Yeah. Now that's not to say if you get the right things paired with him, like into the fray. Um, there's some more cards that we'll discuss, or even out of house cards that you can put on him. Uh, then he he can become a, a juggernaut, yeah. like hugely powerful. Oh. I had an into the fray with Lollop Titanic, and I wiped their board out. Really good Brobnar staple card. Yes, he's, he's a workhorse. Yeah, you know he's not fancy, he's not splashy, but he's going to get whatever job you need him to do done. Right. He'll survive multiple turns to be able to reap. Right. Um, he'll dodge a coward's end because he will very likely have damage on him at some point. Yep. Um, so he's he's good. He's They're not really strong, good but he is a yeah he's a workhorse. He's yep. gonna put in. He's gonna put in eight hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next card is Pound. It is in action. That gives a bonus Ember and has play. Deal two damage to a creature with one damage splash. Uh, this card would be uh, weak to me if it didn't give you an Amber. Um, yeah. Deal deal two damage is fine with the one splash. Uh, this kind of is, it goes into what I was talking about earlier with like Howard's End. Like it's just more of that incidental damage, but there is a lot of stuff with armor in this set. Still, there's, like, I think like, there's more armor than there was. Sanctum, in... Sanctum has more armor than it did previously. Right. 
and even Brobner has some. Even Brobner has some. Well, they had. Uh, there's some collection. other. There's other cards in the set too that do, and other houses that didn't typically have armor. Yeah. Well, there's and, ways to increase power. Right. There's yep. there's a lot of ways. Like like we said that the average power of the set was like three and a half, four. But there's ways to bump that, so it's yeah. not necessarily a true number. Pound feels like this is how I deal with shadows. Yeah. For the most part, um, because again, like it bypasses elusive. Yep. Um. I want to put it in the weak bucket, but I feel like it's, it's just, just enough damage yeah. that I'm like, like if it didn't have, if it was just deal two damage to a creature, it, it would be weak. I oh, think the, the splash uh, helps. I, I agree that it's it's on the bottom. So we, we talked about one two punch yeah. being at the top end of average. Yeah. This is at the bottom end of average. I mean, I it will. There'll be times where it's amazing, and you'll get a three for one plus yep. an ember. Um, there's other times where this will be literally useless because they have three sanctum creatures in a row with armor. Yep. So. But at least you get the bonus ember. Yeah, uh, so I, I, I totally agree. It's average, but it's it's down on the uh And to be end. fair, and to be fair, if you're playing Brobnar and you're looking to like you want uh if you've ever played an MMO, you have there's always or not MMO, I guess MMOs have this, uh concept of true damage. Yep. Um this is your true damage enabler for this game. Yeah. Uh, though, like you can drop, you know, a lot of the, the sanctum stuff has two armor. Yep. You know, you drop pound on that guy just to pop the armor off, and then you can into the fray without, you know, yeah. well, without losing that damage. Uh, I guess that's another part that kind of brings it up into right. The, and, and any card, any card can go can bump up right uh, based on your deck contents. But I mean, equally, they can also bump down based on yeah. your deck contents. Sure. And, and pound is one of those that gets better based on what you have. I mean, right. even like we were talking about cowards end, like you could cowards end your own stuff and. Two damage with one splash isn't enough to like wipe out your own Brobnar stuff or most of your other yeah. stuff. So you could put a little bit of damage on your own guys and then cowards end and then bam, now you have a board and they don't. Yeah, I so, mean, it's certainly, there's no enemy context to the card. So yeah. you could splash your own stuff or yeah. pound your so, own stuff. But, in, in, you know, just in an, evalu <laughs> in an evaluation kind of thing, it's it's definitely on the lower yeah. end of average. Uh, so we'll go on to Tremor um, reprint from Coda. It's an action, play, stun a creature in each of its neighbors. It, average, it's like it, it's a good card. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I definitely think with one two punch, as we mentioned earlier, it uh, it is a certainly a good one two punch enabler. Yep. I mean it, that that's literally the the joke, right? Right there is like you you drop tremor, a tremor, one you, two punch, one two punch. Yeah. Like, and and uh, again, stun costs your opponent an ember. Yeah. So this costs your opponent three ember, assuming yep. they give a crap about those creatures. Right. Um, but they, I mean, at least it takes some of their options off the table. And, and I mean, and it always gets, you know, it always stops problem creatures with Reaper play yep. effects. You know, like you, like Tremor is like my, if my opponent has Mars and I have Brobner, I swear to God, I hope that my deck has a Tremor in it. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather remove those creatures, obviously, but, you know, stopping, you know, Zookeeper for a turn is helpful yep. enough. It gives you another chance to draw into yeah. something. Yeah. And like you said, with one, two punch in the set. Yeah. Like... So if you have one two punch and tremor in your deck, both of those pop up to strong. Yeah, yeah, it makes them really good. Yeah. Um, so uh, next up is Blood Money, another reprint. It's an action play. Place two ember from the common supply on an enemy creature. Um, there's there's a few questions that float around about exactly how this works. Basically, uh, the common supply isn't. I don't think it's defined anywhere in the rulebook or anything. But it's no. basically just take two ember from outside of the game. Uh, so it's not from either player's ember pool. It's not from anywhere else. It's just take two ember that didn't exist before and put it on a creature. Right. So it's a very slow way of gaining two ember for yourself because now if you destroy or bounce that creature or anything else, then you get that two ember. So it's it's an indirect way of gaining yourself two ember. 
this might be a controversial opinion. Controversial, whatever. <laughs> uh, I actually think this card's strong. Um, the reason why I think this card's strong is there, especially in Age of Ascension itself. Um, it does a lot of things to your opponent, uh, at least in the mind games way of things. Like you drop blood money on on something that they find useful. Now they got to be very very careful about like they're they're obviously looking at it as like a, a setup, right? So they're not going to crack it into anything. They're not going to, you know, they're going to be very careful about how they play that creature. If you put it on a useless creature of theirs, now they're kind of like thinking like, oh, I might need to get rid of this. Um, I think it's a strong card. I mean, it's it's basically here have two amber. Yeah. Um, uh, I totally agree. I mean, I could see the argument for it being on the the, the top end of average, uh, just because it, yeah, it's a slow way of getting amber, but it does incentivize you to remove something, um, um, and it incentivizes them to protect something of theirs. I think it's on the top end of average. Yeah. Um, I would. I mean, it has no other bonuses. Like that's why I'm like walking back on this. It's like it's just taking two. It's not even removing it from your opponent. It's not right. capture. Yeah. Right? Um, it doesn't cost you anything, but it doesn't cost them anything. Right. And chances are you're going to put this emperor on something you already wanted to kill anyway. I mean, that's yeah. the best way to do yep. it. So you're not even like you get a benefit out of killing it. Right. It's not like it's like uh, you know the like they they. The, Put two ember on a creature and they lose one armor for each ember on them or like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't even help you kill that thing it just already make it makes you want to kill something you already want to kill so i think it's top end of average because it is two ember it's a card that eventually gives you two ember yeah if it like somehow immediately gave you two ember so if this just said uh if it just had two bonus ember printed on it and said play you really want to kill a particular creature <laughs> Even that would be better. Another argument for Age of Ascension specifically, though, is, is particularly in Shadows and a lot of the other houses, there's a lot of cards that care about creatures having amber on them. Oh, really? I didn't notice that yet. Um, we'll get to one. Okay. Uh, certainly. Um, but there's a lot of cards that care about amber being on a creature. Yep. Um, this is a good enabler for those tools, too. Um, it still doesn't put it in strong... Uh, now that I now that I've been thinking about it more, it still doesn't push it into strong, but it certainly does make your other cards stronger. Yes, uh, it's it's um, and again, it's that slow roll that makes it right. tricky because then you, it gives again. Uh, anytime you give your opponent choices, it makes things rough for you. And yep. putting the ember on one of their creatures gives them options as far as how to deal bad with bad decisions. Right, and it also opens up you know, like you can just choose the wrong creature, and then they put. Uh, you know, our next card here, Blood of Titans, on the creature you chose, and now feels bad, man. Yeah, um, exactly. So speaking of which, so I think we both settle on average. I mean, yeah, set, you know, average is fine. You know, maybe maybe towards the top end of average, but still yeah. average. Uh, so our next card that I just mentioned, Blood of Titans, uh, is an upgrade. It gives you a bonus ember, and it says, this creature gets plus five power. So that's both offensive and, you know, yep. health. Uh, um, that's... That's fine. I mean, it's funny that this is right after Blood Money because you yeah. like you know you get that horrible situation where you're like oh, I'm going to put two Ember on your dude guy, and, and then they're like oh Blood of Titans that guy, and yeah. you're like well I'm never getting that Ember. Your, your two power creatures <laughs> became a seven. Yep. Uh, it's uh, an average card. Uh, yeah. 
To be fair, though, in Call of the Archons, it is it was like one of my favorite things to put on creatures. Yeah, oh, it's, it it's be, probably it one of my favorite favorite, favorite yeah. upgrades. Totally, just because it's like doesn't mean it's good, but no, it's, it's it, fun. It, it's it's a fine card. Yeah, like it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, you're not going to be unhappy seeing it, um, but it's also not going to blow your socks off. It's not going to necessarily just win you a game outright. Right. Um, it's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and especially with a lot of the fight synergy in Vrobnar, you'll get a lot of mileage out of it. Um, and obviously, it can be straight up good in some instances, like you know, in some instances. But um, right. but it's not you know, it's not overwhelming. Right. Um, so next card up is Burn the Stockpile. It's a reprint. Uh, action, play. If your opponent has seven or more Ember, they lose four Ember. This is a strong card. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is. It's certainly this. Like, it's one of those cards where because it was dependent upon seven, it gets tricky because we all learned the lesson from Bait and Switch in yep. Call of the Archons to never go above what you really need. Yes. Um, but it, it freezes them at six. It does freeze them at six. And there's other cards that care about seven. So, like, seven is the magic ember number. Like, yeah. you want to you want to avoid seven if you suspect that your opponent might have something like this. But that means that they're... That means they get their key. Yep. But they're not... Getting them so they're not advancing their game plan beyond just that one key. They're not getting extra ember. So if they have a bunch of creatures out and you stop them at six because they're worried about burning the stockpile, um, then they're just wasting finger quotes here, wasting those other creatures right. that they could be reaping with. Uh, and then if they do hit seven, bam. Yeah. Down, you know they have to be. So they would have to be at ten in order for this to not cost them a key. Right. So. I think the amount that you lose is harsh. Like, it certainly makes the card worthwhile playing. Mm -hmm. But I still think it's too... And maybe kind of the, our, our Age of Ascension will change, kind of change, like, how Ember hoarding kind of happens. Um, but for it to be... Seven's still just rough, I think... I mean, I feel like you'll have some more situations where seven, like your, your opponent's at seven, than you will have an opponent who like tries to keep it at six. Yeah. Because it's just, like, through incidental steal, like, it, especially if I'm playing Shadows, right, like I'm going to have a way of stealing one, I'm going to put you off that key, right? And then that next turn, I'm forcing you into making sure that you go up, you, you build your insurance, right? Because, so, I, I man, this one, I think this is a hard one. I, I think it's strong because it puts them in, in, a, in a kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where like if you go if you go just to six, then all I need to do is make you lose one and you're off your key. If you go above six to try to get that insurance, now you're risking walking into a burn the stockpile. So you don't even have to have burn the stockpile in your Brobnar house for them to fear burn the stockpile. Its existence is enough for them to be scared of it. Well, that and, and that that kind of mostly goes for sealed than it does for archon. Right, right. Um, well, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, Ar archon is a whole different evaluation as far as, um, right. as but, stuff goes. But you're right. But yeah, I mean, burn the stockpiles or burn the stockpile. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you convinced me. I think it's. I mean, I and put yourself strong. in your opponent's shoes. Like, okay, I have my opponent is playing uh, my opponent. Like, Steve's playing Brabnar, and I've got myself to the point where I could go to six Ember or I could go to seven Ember. Um, do I go to seven, knowing there's the possibility that he has burned the stockpile because it's what it's an uncommon, right? Uh, yeah. And maybe we should be mentioning the rarities for these. Eh, I apologize. We don't really well, maybe maybe we'll start. Well, uh, maybe we'll just call out the rares. Uh, but anyway, so it's an uncommon, so there's a very decent chance that he has one in his deck. 
Uh, so do I do I stop at six, knowing that he could potentially you know play any of his other houses and take me down just a single ember and cost me the key, or do I go to seven and risk walking into a burn the stockpile? Um, and it's a it's a you know it's a decision. Like yeah. it's a tough decision to make. Is is do you do that? Because it also depends what other houses you have. But you know there's a lot of decision uh, decision making around that. But it's a it's a strong card. It's totally a strong card. It doesn't even need to be in your deck for it to have an impact yeah, on the game. Yeah, fair. Um, which so is a hallmark of a pretty strong card. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll go on to the next one. Um, Kulf the Quiet is a six-power giant creature. It's an uncommon uh, with elusive. And that's it. Um, just as a reminder for elusive, the first time this creature is attacked each turn, no damage is dealt, and that's by either creature. So it's a six-power elusive creature. It's a weird card in the sense of it being this massive elusive creature. Yeah. Um, I think without support, it doesn't really wow me. Uh, if I if I have it, it's it's fine. Like it's a six power creature that I can reap with. Yeah. Or I can um, fight with. I mean. So it's funny we talked about the uh, the eight power. Uh, what was it? Grogans. Yeah. Um, where he could, he was an eight power that can only attack flanks. This guy is a six power that can attack anything. Yeah. And then it has. A teeny tiny bit of upside with yeah. that elusive, so I I feel like it's just over the line into average. I, I would actually just say it's a solid average. Like, yeah, it's a solid average card. Like, I, I mean, if you think about it, like if your opponent's even playing Grobnar, they have they suddenly have to deal with the stupid thing that they've had to deal with with shadows forever. Is I need two creatures to take this right. out, and this is a six power creature. You know, so even on like even after you pop the elusive, you have to consider what creature you're going to drop into this card because it's going to be a trade yeah. regardless. Uh, trade to almost even them coming out on the, the losing side of it, right? Right. Granted, there isn't a ton of incentive to get rid of it outside of the fact that you could reap with it every turn. And it can just wreak havoc on your own. Right. But yeah, it's it's annoying to get rid of. Yeah, so, um, so I mean, it, I think it's a solidly average card. Yeah. I don't think it goes any further than that. I gotcha. Uh, so we'll go on to Flamethrower. It is an artifact weapon. Uh, action. Deal one damage to a creature with one damage splash, and it's an uncommon. It's another average. Like, yeah. like kind of going into what we were talking about with uh, Gauntlet of Command. Like, it's one, it's one splashing damage. Yeah, it's three total damage. So it's like a super seeker needle. It's, it's only two. Number. Oh, no, splash is always yeah, neighbors. Splash is, is both neighbors. Um, so it's like a super seeker needle, except you don't get the ember. Yeah. So I guess if you have, would you rather have seeker needle, where you gain an ember if you kill something with it, uh, or would you rather have flamethrower? Yeah, I mean it, it. It's a better for board control. Like the one thing that everyone I think always uh, people who have seeker needle with no with no bad penny are looking for. Oh, what is the one? What is a creature with one damage that, or you know, one damage left that I can just pop? And it's then, hard to make one damage matter. Right. Yeah. Um, where with this, it's like I don't even necessarily care if it dies. Yeah. Or not. Like it's one damage. Like again, like we go back to talking about uh, Sanctum. Like this is this is a great way to get your damage through. Yep. Because you just use the flamethrower to pop everyone's armor. Yep. And then you you slam in yeah. with what you need to. I think it's a solid average card. It's uh like you know I guess average plus. Yeah. Um, another thing to note, uh, this is a great way of protecting yourself against Coward's End. Yep. So you can yeah. pop your own creatures yeah. with this, and then Coward's End and wipe their board. Yeah. And it's only like a piddly little one damage. Yep. Um, which most things can survive. So I, I think it's it's cool in that respect. It's just looking at these synergies as far as um you know what you can do. Yep. It's also a great save the pack enabler. 
That's true. <laughs> so actually, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to the next card. Flame Wake Shaman is a four power human, uh, uncommon, uh, with play deal two damage to a creature. Mm. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's it's also average. Like it's good. It's, yeah, it's yeah. played. I'm not unhappy to see it, but I'm not like wow, this is amazing. I really want yeah. this. Um, and again. Just to note, it's to a creature, not an enemy yeah. creature, so you can you hit your can own stuff hit if you need to. But also be careful because if they don't have any creatures in play, you have to hit your own creatures. Yeah. It's not may deal two damage. If you if the only creature in the play, like if this is your turn one and you drop a flame wake shaman, it is now a flame wake shaman with two damage on it. Yep. And <laughs> and I think the the thing that it is good at is enabling your own destroyed effects. Like, I think that's really where it kind of shines. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, average. So, yeah, average, definitely. Uh, next up is Gargante's Scrapper. It's a three-powered giant, uncommon, uh, with alpha and play. If you have three or more ember, deal three damage to an enemy creature. So our, doubt, or our, our worst case scenario here is just it's a three-powered creature that you have to play at the beginning of your turn. Um, yeah, which is pretty weak. It, uh, yeah, this is a weak card. So that yeah, I was gonna say. So how 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 likely is this upside, and what is the upside? So the upside here is that in the, in a perfect situation, you have three or more ember, and you get to play a three power creature and deal three damage to an enemy creature. So if we look at Flamewake Shaman, we just talked about, um, we weren't super impressed by play deal two damage to a creature. So I can't see this being better than an average. And then you tack on to the fact that there is not just one, but two conditionals. Alpha is a condition that shouldn't generally matter. Uh, and then the other condition is that you have to have three or more. So you've got two conditions on this thing. And I, I get that this is probably supposed to, to stop Drummer Knot from just bouncing it. Yeah. You know, which is fine. But, like, it's just not, yeah, I, I would put it in the weak bucket. Um, and, and on top of that, it's also, there's a third condition. It's an, an enemy creature. Oh, okay. So you can't even do fancy so, things yeah. with it. So if your enemy creature, like, if your opponent has no enemy or no creatures. It's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. Yeah. It, 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 but at least you can't pop your own stuff accidentally. True. That is true. <laughs> yeah. like, that is a plus side. So I sense this thing, yeah, this is this is an easy week. Uh, I mean, it has to struggle to even hit average. Um, yeah. So this is, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm all set with that one. Um, so moving on to the next card. Grump Buggy is an artifact vehicle. Uh, it, it's an uncommon. And it gives you a bonus ember and then reads, Your opponent's keys cost plus one ember for each friendly creature with power five or higher. Uh, and then your keys cost plus one ember for each enemy creature with power five or higher. So really, what this is saying, it's a, it's a um, not simultaneous. Uh, it's uh, symmetrical. Symmetrical, thank you. Uh, it's a symmetrical effect. Basically, both players' keys are increased by the number of five power or higher creatures their opponent controls. Um, so we in our release, Chuck played this against me. Um, and it hurt us both equally. Yeah, I was I think gonna say I... every turn, both of us had like the same amount of five power creatures, and eventually, I was able to take his out. And my keys cost nothing extra, and his keys cost like one extra. Um, I don't think it changed the outcome of the game in his favor. I still ended up winning. Yeah, um, it did slow me down, <clears throat> but I don't. I don't know. I feel like at best, uh, I mean, at best. So in your best case scenario. You are like substantially slowing down your opponent, but you have to be ahead on board to slow right. them down. And if you're ahead on board, 
you probably don't need this unless it's against like a super racing deck, which is, is a cool strategy to fight against a racing deck. Yep. Um, but you, it, it kind of requires you to be ahead. If you fall behind, uh, then they're just going to raffle stomp you by having yeah. a ton of heavy duty creatures. I mean, maybe they have no heavy duty creatures. Maybe they don't have a lot of creatures to have more power, but they can still keep you down. So this is a card that's really, um, really just not. I'm not wild about this card. Uh, yeah, I would say this card is fairly weak. Yeah, it's I'd a... say it's it's weak, but it. In the right deck, it can be straight up strong. Well, in this set, there is a card that's just straight up better than this. Oh, is there? Okay. Yes. Um, and we'll yeah, get it, to it. It's also a reason. That's fine. That's fine. Oh yeah, I, I know what card you're talking about. So I, I think that this is. I mean, you have to be really like if this is in your deck, you really need to carefully evaluate what else is in your deck before you determine if this is actually going to be a good card in your deck. I think that the vast majority of the time, you're going to want to discard this card, yeah, because it will probably cost you more than it costs them. Yeah, and the problem is it gives you an amber too. So in like with that negative effect, with that one amber, it's almost like a, a it's a trap. joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not only it's a trap; it's a straight up trap. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the next card here. Um, Little Rapskull is a uh, uncommon goblin uh, with two power and reads elusive. Creatures must fight when used if able. So it's a weird way of saying that if you are going to use any of, uh, if anyone, not just your opponent, if anyone tries to use a creature, they can only fight with the creature unless for some reason the creature can't fight. Yeah, this is um, terrible wording. Part <laughs> of the the what I think is going to be the hallmark of uh, when, when people look back at Age of Ascension uh, down the road, this is going to be one of the mechanics that I think we're all going to remember and be like, oh, I hate this so much. And it's just wreak hate. Like, yeah, it just it stops is, you from reaping. Or it, actions. So what I will say is this is a strong card in the sense of stumble, right? Like, especially in a sealed environment. Where like you when you're trying to like build that board presence up, this is giving your opponent like reason to play poorly, right? They yeah. have to do something about this because it's elusive on top of that. Yeah, so it's gonna take two swings or right. removals, like action. or yeah, removal action. So they can punch it, they frame flame weak <laughs> shaman it, or yeah. whatever you know. Like, but it is a it like it's a little. Flavor Texas, and they said I was annoying with Pingle who annoys. Like, <laughs> it's an annoying card. I, I don't think it's good. I think it's weak. Really? So here's, so here's my thinking. It's elusive, sure, but it's got two power. So you can run literally any, almost anything into it and get rid of it. So you can run your bad penny in first and then run your silver tooth into it, and it's done. And now you just reap. So this card is good when you're behind but then if you're behind your opponent just kills it first yeah and they have other stuff like it's just there's no situation where i want this card because if, if i'm behind it's easy to kill uh either with an action or just running two other creatures i slow them down a tiny bit yeah that's um, fair if i'm ahead then i don't want to play this because i want to reap with my creatures and stay ahead um, or I guess I guess if I'm already ahead and I play this and I don't need to reap with my creatures for some weird reason, then I can use my creatures to fight and knock down his stuff and keep myself ahead. But I'm already ahead, so I could probably just reap and stay ahead. So here's my argument for why, if anything, it sits in average. You're talking about a house that doesn't necessarily care about reaping. Sure. Uh, this is this is punishing your opponent for. Having to play your game, but it's like so we easy. talked, not really. 
if you think about like some of the like especially seeing as you're also, you have to consider there's two other houses that in your deck that sure that can help keep this thing alive well but also right? you're also punishing those houses yourself well so like that that's the thing i was going to say is like this is sort of like a pit lord uh that's in, fair in in some way in, in, in that same sort of like you can trap yourself when you don't want to be trapped right but i mean war chest got reprinted in the set yeah um there are a bunch of things that give you amber for fighting. I'm not saying you can't get value out of it. Oh, I'm I'm saying I'm just saying you'll get more value on average out of this card than yeah. I think you're you're thinking. I think because you're just looking at it from the the just like it's it's symmetrical detriment. Yeah. Without considering the house that it's in at the same time, no, like no, this, I, if this was dis. I'd be like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, no, and that's and that's totally fair. You're right. It's in a house that wants to fight anyway, and you can right. you can reap with everything and then play this. Yeah. Well, that's a and that's and that's fine. I, I guess I'm calling it weak because I feel like there's going to be more situations where it hurts you than it helps you. But this is a card where I'm willing to like you know when we we're, we're so spoiler we're going to eventually do a, um, a revisit of these grades yeah. at least for some of the cards and this is one I'm going to highlight put it on my radar I want to revisit and be like is this better than I thought even worse than I thought yeah or like how much better like this is one I want to revisit and, and see if I'm you know if I've come around God I'm it. just thinking about this card in like a sanctum house I mean it's, like what, I'm not or like it with this good. with Brobnar sanctum and then like some other like card and just how much of a like the only thing I do see about that combo is that it grinds this game to yeah. a halt. Uh, I mean, and I'm willing. I'm willing to say it's weak. Uh, so, I I think it, it it's it's can probably hit that average mark. If, so here's the thing. I will say because I just had a thought, and it, it it kind of maybe bumps it a little higher toward that line of weak and average. I feel, still think it's weak. But here's your line of play. You call Brobnar, um, reap with all your creatures that you can, drop the little rapscal. Opponent's turn, uh, they try to get rid of it or they can't get rid of it or whatever. They're locked into fighting. They lose a bunch of their stuff fighting your guys. Uh, then on your turn, you take the little rapscal, you fight into one of their creatures, it dies. Now you just reap with everything. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's still a lot to ask because your opponent might just, you know, take it out or it might not even be that big of a deal for them. Like, they might just have, you know... Um, I mean, yeah, I, you do control its fate. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as anything, with two power, it's pretty easy for your yeah. opponent to drop like the flame wake shaman and just pop yeah. it. But but it's also easy for you to just slam to, it into kill it yourself. Like, it's yeah. dust. It's a dust in that. That still doesn't bust me above That's fair. weak, uh, or bust it above weak for me. But I, I, it's not as it's not as far down on weak as uh, so. Like if it was a one to ten scale, it's not as far down on the yeah. scale as I, I was originally on. But I'm still. I'm not wild about this card in my deck. Um, so I call weak. You're gonna yeah. call average. I, I'll say I'm I'm happy to stick like be in agreement with it being weak and then just being like yeah we need to play with it more. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go on to the next card here. Uh, Ogopogo, which I think is a reference to the creature in one of the Great Lakes. There's like a mythical like a Bigfoot. Um, I don't know. All well, I can think about was uh, Boingo Boingo. And I, I know. I was thinking um, about. I think Ogopogo was a. Uh, it's one of the creatures. I want to say it's Lake Erie, and it's like the Loch Ness monster. Only yeah. it's their version of the Loch Ness monster. Um, but I'm sure. Be, and then there's also Ogopogo. Boingo. Uh, I mean, they are from Minnesota, so yeah, maybe. So maybe that's up around the Grand. Um, so anyway, Ogopogo is an uncommon six power giant with after Ogopogo attacks and destroys a creature. You may deal two damage to a creature. A lot of conditions on that. 
But um, I will but say they're not, they're not unreasonable. I mean, if he was like a four power creature and that was the, the situation where it was like, yeah, he does half his damage outside of that. Like, okay, that sucks. But this is an eight six, damage spread. Six, yeah, six power, and you can potentially kill. Well, you got to kill one thing. I should say, I'm sorry. It's a five damage. Or sorry, seven damage spread because he can only hit something up to five damage. He has to survive combat right. to deal that extra two. So he can't fight anything higher than a five. Right. But I mean, so you're either doing seven, five, and two, that right. is, or you're doing six. There'll always be a target for him to hit something. Yeah, right? even if it's just incidental damage. Yeah, I don't know if that puts him into the strong bucket. No, I'd say it's fairly average. Like, I'd say he's yeah, good. he's at the top. He's, he's you know heading to the top end of average, and yeah. then obviously depending on what else you have in your deck uh, or what your opponent has for creatures, if they have like let's say they have uh, you know four two power creatures, then you can. Crack into one, kill it, and pop an elusive two-power creature with his ability. I and then mean, you think about like, uh, is it the fray with him as well? Yeah. Or your opponent has a little rapscal on the board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fight him into one thing, pop a little rapscal yeah. with his ability. I mean, um, it wasn't the thing I didn't look at when I. <laughs> it's always nice to insert people with two cards, right one after the other. Have some, uh, quite some a few of that interplay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I take this all the Also speaking of the next card. Yeah. Uh, so I say he's a solid average. Yeah, he's pretty average. Um, so yeah, speaking of the next card, it's a reprint. Uh, it's Relentless Act. Uh, yeah, wow, Relentless Assault, uh, which is an uncommon action uh, with play, ready and fight with up to three different friendly creatures, one at a time. Um, so if you play this and your opponent has zero creatures, Steve, what happens? You get to reap three times. Yeah, you do. Because each of these results yeah. separately. There is a Sanctum card from the Coda set that worked differently. It was ready and fight up to three times with the same creature. Yeah. But the problem with it was that you would ready... So if they had no creatures... Many, right? Yeah, one stood against many. Uh, so you would... If they had no creatures, you would get one instance of ready. It could not fight, so the rest of the card couldn't resolve. Right. Um, that was as much of the card as you could resolve at that point. Yeah. This is different because it's targeting three different things. So you will get three... Because it'll try to ready, you won't be able to fight. But then it moves to another creature, you ready, and then you try to fight. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of... Uh, maybe not Magic Christmas Land, but, no. you know, it's Magic Christmas Land adjacent for them to have no creatures, and right. you'd have three plus Relentless Assault. But even still, like, Relentless Assault, like, three, like getting three for three fights right. after you probably just fought. Yeah, so intended usage. Or, or you read great. three times with yeah. your cre three creatures, then Relentless Assault, ready them all, and then fight into what you want. And that's the best way to use it, yeah. is, to, is to get your Ember first then potentially lose the creatures using Relentless Assault because yep. you're also taking out your opponent's resources too. Yep. Um, what, do you, uh, what do you think for it? It's pretty strong. I agree. I think it's a solid, strong card. Um, there are situations where it will be kind of a dead card if you don't have the creatures to use with it, um, but I think that it's more often than not, it's going to help you. I don't even know if it's... like I don't even... I, this card is still strong with one readying. Right. right. Well, another thing to keep in mind, this house cheats. That's what I mean. Yeah. Is like it, it doesn't say Brobnar creatures. Correct. But even if you have one creature on the table, still playing Relentless Assault gets you a reap and then a fight. Well, unless it's not a Brobnar creature, then you can't reap with it. Like let's say. Oh, have, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I guess say, that's fair. Well, in house, say, in house, it's still pretty strong. Yeah. Well, let's say you have like an old Bruno on the table, and you don't want to you don't want to fight with that, because then you give them their Ember back potentially. Or you have a one-power creature on the table or a two-power creature on the table. Like, you know, I mean, I guess it's fair. I, I still just, like, like within house, it's still pretty strong. Yeah. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's strong because it's in Brobnar. Yeah. Because you should have other Brobnar stuff. The odds of this being useful are really high. So I would say that 
So my, I would, I would, I would say it's probably on the lower end of strong because there are conditions that need to be met for this to really hit its stride. But I'm comfortable putting it in strong because those conditions are so frequently met that you're yeah. going to generally get a solid amount of value out. I of mean, this even thing. still, like if you think it, it could also be a, a, I mean, it could also be a speed sigil for Bravnar. Yep. Like yeah. that's that's like the a, other thing too. Yeah, like a single right? turn. Yeah. Like you just play your three creatures and you're like, oh man, I really wish I could use Gronk this turn. Well, I guess I'll Relentless Assault so I can. Yep. Or yeah. Broke, not Gronk. That's the football player. <laughs> they look the same. Um, <laughs> Probably. I mean, that guy is charging in with his head. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's maybe like a like on the on the bottom end of strong, but it's still strong. Yeah. Um, so we'll go on to the next card here. Screech Bomb. It's an oldie but a goodie from oh, uh, Call of the Archons. It is an uncommon artifact weapon. Uh, with Omni, Sacrifice Screech Bomb, your opponent loses two Ember. I guess this is no, like, this, this we don't really need to talk about this card much. It's just good. It's just yeah, a good it's, card. it's strong. <laughs> if, it had, if it had action Sacrifice Screech Bomb, I think it'd be less good. It'd but be average. The fact, it would still the fact be good, that it's but it would be average. Omni, you can just use it yep. whenever you want. It's just like that perfect moment. You're like, oh, you went to six. Okay, Screech Bomb. Yep, like, exactly. The number of games I've lost to Screech Bomb would yeah. stand. It's it's a it's a fantastic card. You're gonna, you're always going to be happy to see it. Um, so we'll go on to the next card. Uh, it's another reprint. It is Smith, uh, an uncommon action. It gives you a bonus ember and reads play gain two ember if you control more creatures than your opponent. Uh, it's it's an average card. I, I like it. It it does. It gives you an amber regardless, and uh, I mean it, it's flaxia for the most part, right? Like yeah, yeah it, only it doesn't leave you with a body. I'm gonna right. call it weak. No, um, I, I that's fine. I wholesomely disagree. Wholesomely, I, I I disagree. Like I I think if it didn't give you an amber and it was just play gain two, I I would say it's it would be weak. But the fact that you you net regardless, yeah, I I don't know. I mean. One ember for a card is like the bare minimum. No, I get it. Like my bare minimum is one ember for a card. So you're not wowing me here. Um, So the bonus ember doesn't wow me. That that condition, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not hard to come by, but it's also not easy to come by. If you're behind in the game, this card just gives you one ember, which feels bad. I don't think one ember, especially when I'm losing, one ember feels bad because if I'm if I'm losing. One and and I like that one amber is enough to like I'm not I'm not choosing Brobnar to play this one card and be right. done, but obviously, but you know, in a situation where like it's in my hand, like I'm not gonna it's, there's no trap yeah. right like it's not like uh it's not like uh war buggy or grump buggy, you know where like me playing the card is a trap right right like I, so I'm not gonna discard it. Hang on. But at the same time, like, th- that's why I'm saying it's average. Is like, putting it on the table at least gets you something. Yeah. Like, like it's not, a, it's never a dead card. That's fine. I, I It's I'm just no, never I, a dead card. We, we can agree. I know, I'm just saying. No, I'm just I, making and my I, point clear. I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I have a more conservative um, uh, approach to my card evaluations, which, like, it's fine. Right. Like, like, like the <laughs> like thing I, is... I want my card to, like, wow me in right. order for me to, to but, really... But, like, an average card shouldn't be, like, completely wowing That's you. fair. But, I mean, this doesn't even... I don't know. But, like, think about it this way, right? Like, I don't know why I'm trying to convince you of this, but <laughs> I, I feel like I have to. Think about it this way, right? 
It's never a card you're going to think, I need to hold on to this. True, but right. I would rather draw. I guess my my metric is I want to draw something different instead of this. I don't want right. this in my deck. Well, well, like ultimately the, the the that's going to be the eternal argument for everything in Keyforge forever. So that's why like I can't <laughs> ever like I can't like it was an argument that we had about save the pack. It's like I can always discard it, right? right. Like I don't ever care about the fact that there are dead cards in this game because as, as long as I'm in the house, I can get rid of it. Yeah, right. This I, I, Smith Smith like that that's my that's almost how I feel about weak cards, right? Like we think we go back to Grumpus Buggy. Like right. it's a weak card because even if I play it for the amber, it's still potentially screwing me over. Yeah. Where this card never screws me over. I at least get something out of it. Yeah, right? I mean I like we could argue that into the fray sucks if I have no creatures that I want to fight with. Right? God, like it's a card that I have to discard. That's fine. I just the condition seems Unreliable, more unreliable to me than some of the other, and, and it's fine. Like yeah. I think, I think it's probably the lower end of average, top end of weak. Um, so I understand. I, it, yeah, it, like yeah, I, I, I could see an argument for calling it average. I'm not like I don't right. think you're wrong to call. No, it no, average. I know. It's it just is, my personal valuation of the card is that it's on, it's on the weaker end of average, if not in the weekend. Also, it seemed like everyone I played at the who have played Brabnar the Volt Tour had it had this damn card in it <laughs> and, and it was like oh I've gained three for this turn yeah it's like, I oh, mean the upside is phenomenal crap. if you have if you have just one more creature than your opponent in right. a house that fights and likes to eliminate the opponent opposing creatures right. I mean I guess maybe it's not that hard I don't know I'm I'm gonna stick with weak but like weak plus sure <laughs> um, so we'll go on to the next card here it is also a reprint it is Sound the Horns uh, it is an uncommon action. With uh, a bonus ember and play, discard cards from the top of your deck until you either discard a Brobnar creature or run out of cards. If you discarded a Brobnar creature this way, put it into your hand. In the hundreds of games of Keyforge that I've played this card in, I've never played. I haven't played this card a hundred times. But every time I've played this card, it has done nothing but wreak misery for me. I hate this card. I hate this card. Like, all of the reasons that you uh, you approached me about, like, this card is my justification as to why Smith is average. <laughs> I hate this card. See, I am on the opposite side. I love this card because I, I get an Ember and I get to get rid of crap out of my deck and I can get closer to shuffling it again. I've never had it burn but, me. But, it no. you So, so yes. I'm not okay. saying it can't burn Fine. you. I'm not saying it can't burn you. <laughs> It more often trashes something you're hunting for than it does anything else. Like, it is... I've played this, like, turn one thinking, like, oh, this is going to be tricksy play. Or I use, like, 12 cards. And it's just like, oh, my God, like, half of my... like, And it's like, oh, hey, there goes all three of my only board clears in this deck. Yeah. So I will say that I've had... I've also played this on turn one, lost 10 cards into it, got my Brobnar creature. And really, at that point, I just say, okay... I need to race through the rest of my deck. Like, well, those cards are gone. But like, that's not an option I want to have. Like, I like again. Most of my play style is the idea of like I'm playing cards as fast as I can. Yeah. And like, granted, cool. This helps me get that. But I, there's no actual benefit to reshuffling my deck. Right. Like, this card for me is way too varied. So maybe we just shouldn't play it turn one. Well, or no, <laughs> but like even like turn like like. I, we look at it like, what does this do for me in the beginning of the game? Not a whole lot. What does this do for me when I'm ahead? Nothing. Literally does nothing for you. Yeah. What does this do for me from behind? I get to put a creature on the board. 
cool. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about this card. Like, this card is, like, the epitome, like, close to the epitome of weak. This is almost as bad as Grump Buggy. I, I don't know. I like it. So the, there's another, there's a Mars, uh, I don't know if it's reprinted or not, but there was a Mars artifact in the last set that um, had this ability only for Mars, mm -hmm. um, but it was an artifact, so you could repeat it every Mars turn. And with Mars, it's a fantastic, oh, phenomenal yeah. ability cool. because Mars loves having Mars cards. Yeah, um, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. So I, I understand. So I think if this were, if this were a Mars card, Hands down strong. Yeah. Just because of the synergies there. I think with Brobnar, I'm going to call it average. I, because I, I, it replaces it. It gives me a number and it replaces itself. Uh, granted, I lose cards in my discard pile, but if it's not in my hand, it doesn't exist. As far as my thing. And that's my magic player coming out. Is like, cards in my graveyard, I don't care. Like, if it's not in my deck... Yeah, but... Yeah, I, and I yeah. know I can't get it. So now I know, like, it, it, it gives me more... It, so... If I lose 10 cards off the top of my deck, I have more information about my upcoming draws and I can plan better knowing that. But I also want to make sure I'm like, if I've only got three Brobnar creatures in my. Actually, that might even make it better. Because now you're like, if you've got two in your hand and there's one Brobnar creature in your deck, you can like churn through a ton of your deck. Yeah, I mean, uh, but again, like, we're talking Magic Christmas Land. So I, think, I think you want, you either want a lot of Brobnar creatures to increase the chances of getting one quickly or not very many to churn through your deck. Right. What you don't want is the middle where sometimes you hit a creature. <laughs> and, and it, like, I, I've just never had a positive experience playing that card. And uh, I have played it several, like quite a few times, and so, it's never been a positive experience. So, what's your verdict? Weak? Oh average? no, it's weak. Weak? Okay, it's terrible. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it average. That's fine. I, yeah, that's fine. I'm not I'm not gonna try to convince you. No, it, it, I don't know why I tried to convince you on the other one. Well, no, because it fosters a good discussion. Right. And maybe someone is has my line of thinking, and uh, you know, your line of thinking can give them insight, and vice versa. So anyone who thinks totally sounds of horns is good is wrong. I well, that, that I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to think back if it's ever won me a game, and I don't think it has. But it has helped. I don't know if it has. I think uh, that might be just, you know... So I will say, if you have a deck that has uh, stuff like Regrowth, um, True. stuff like uh, the new discard that gets stuff out of your discard pile. Like, if you have ways to oh, get things... Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you have ways to get things out of your discard Arise, pile... I guess. Obviously, that changes it. But, I mean, you can say that for kind of any... Yeah, card is like you know. Yeah, on its face alone, I, I just never. I, and I understand that. Yeah, I think that I have had a good experience with it, so that's why I'm a yeah. little thrown. But I can understand confirmation bias, Ryan. No, but I, confirmation biasing myself here. I still just think objective, and maybe that's the magic player in me. Because yeah. in magic, milling yourself is fantastic because now you're making your your the rest of your deck more uh, like you have more information about what your upcoming draws are, and you can have a more definitive plan for your upcoming turns because you have a better shot of drawing known cards like let's say you right. if you have a coward's end and you mill that out with your sound the horns um now you know not to count on your coward's end granted it hurts to lose it but also now you know it's not an out whereas let's say you mill those cards and one of them isn't the coward's end okay well i've got 10 cards left in my deck and i know one of them is a coward's end yeah if i need it i know i need to ditch cards faster so the, the argument i have with that though is that at least with magic, it's constructed, right? You can you yep. you can go. I know now, like I have four Wrath of Gods in this deck. I know now that I only have two. Yeah, right. And that's fair. you have no control over that in this game. If you if the only thing you have in your deck to to clear the board to reset is that Coward's End, I just mean, and you trashed it. I now you're mean, like, oh, now I have no outs. 
I just mean from like a knowledge information no, perspective. Yeah, that's granted, it still hurts to lose a coward's end, but now like you know your deck contents from your right. card, so you know what's coming up. Yeah. And granted, if you mill five cards and get a Bravnar creature, it doesn't really give you a lot of information. No. But if you've got six cards left in your deck yeah. because you sounded the horn earlier, now you have really good information about what those six cards have to be. Fair. Um, and what your upcoming draws are likely to be and what ones matter. And so that's why that's kind of why I like it. But I, I also understand like it does have a downside of just getting rid of things that you really need. Yeah. Because you can't have four cowards. Yeah, I'm a you person. You can have three in the vault tour like Steve did. But yeah, so, <laughs> um, so let's move on. Yeah. Uh, this is a new card. It is the Flex. Uh, it's an uncommon action with play. Choose a ready, friendly Brobnar creature, exhaust it, and gain Ember equal to half its power rounded down. I want to say this card is good, but I or is, is strong, but but it's, I, I don't think art. it is. That's just the art trying to trick you. <laughs> I so, think so. Uh, I, uh, so what is this? So let's see. What's the cost of this card? So first off, it doesn't give you any bonus ever. So it's it zero immediately. Right. Um, so then you have to have a ready, friendly Brobnar creature. So it's so first you need a Brobnar creature, yep. and then secondly you have to play this card before you use that Brobnar creature. So it's almost it's not alpha, but it's yeah. close to being alpha because you can't you're limited in what you can do before you play this card. Yeah. So then. Uh, that means that it has to be ready, so you and it then exhausts that creature. So you can't reap with that creature. So you're already negative one ember by playing this card. Then you get ember equal to half its power. So we've already talked the average power in the entire set is let's call it four. Yeah. Um, so that means that you're going to be getting two ember from the flex minus the one because you could have reaped with the creature instead. So with a four power creature, you're getting one ember. And yeah. let's say, I mean, I don't know, I, I can actually do it really quick here, what the average power is for Brobnar um, creatures alone. Bear with me one moment. But I don't, I think you need, you need, so where, what, what power of a creature is the minimum acceptable power to really feel like you got value? Is it, it's, it's I feel like it's six. Five. No? Five, well, five gets well, five, get, five is a four. So might as well just say even numbers. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, no, yeah. So yeah, six would be well. Six would get you three. So the average the average power for the Brobnar House creatures is five. Yeah, well, that, five that makes two. sense. So I mean, you're you're really only on average you're going to get two Ember out of this. Yep. So minus the one because you have to exhaust the creature anyway, and really you're getting one Ember off of this I, card on average. I don't know if you can look at it that way. Like I don't know because because this you, is worst case scenario. Think about it. What if the card like this could just be a wording thing? What if this card said? Choose a friendly creeper and reap. Instead of gaining one, it gains power equal to half of its, or gains amber equal to half its power. That's effectively what you're doing. You're reaping with the creature to get half of its power in amber. Well, no, because you don't gain the amber from reaping. But, okay, so if you played it on a creature that has a reap ability, please find one that isn't drum or not that has a reap ability on it in, in Brobnar. But that's what I'm saying, is like, if you look at it that way, right? If you reap with the creature, you gain one. This card effectively reads, reap with this creature, gain half of its power as amber. I don't know. I, I still... Like, Drummernaut, based on what we've looked at so far, Drummernaut is the only creature that has a reap ability in this game. No, I or, don't. Or in but Brobnar. But you can't fight with the creatures, which is what Brobnar wants to do. There are a You few... can fight with the creature. I think... <laughs> There's going to be ways to do that. No, not with the Fletch. Like, the Fletch robs well, you of that initial chance. Well, but who, who cares? Like... Like, like, especially in a situation where we're talking about, like, 
hey, your opponent has, like, we've used this example quite a bit. Opponent has no creatures, you play that, you, sure. you essentially got a super reap. Right, you get, you... I'm not saying this card's strong. I'm just saying right. this, this card is fairly average because it's going to be very, very swingy. But I think... I think I'm, I'm calling it weak. I think that it costs you too much. I don't see the cost, though. Because if you're just reaping with the creature, you're reaping Right, you're only gaining one if you reap with the right. creature. This is reap, gain half its power. Think gain about law of, the, law of the Giant. Well, sure, you, but that's... You, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a good reap target, right? Because... I'll, I'll come up to average on this, because you're right. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're not fighting with the creature anyway, right. you would be reaping with it. And this is like a better version of reap right. for that creature. Right. As long as it has four or more... Now, if it's a two-power creature, you can just reap. Like... You can you I mean you can oh, still yeah, use but like, card, but well, like, well, like you said you said the average power right. is five right? right like you can have like you can have uh uh once you hit six power and higher yeah now you're talking now but, you're but if you have like, off it like you have flame wake shaman right yeah. you have flame wake, flame wake shaman you have uh so I get yeah gar- or like like the smaller guys you're obviously not doing this with right you you might just fight with them yeah right but you know hey cult the quiet. Right? Yep. You're going to b- drop the flex on Call of the Quiet because you're like, you know, hey, there's not a whole lot of reason for him yeah. to fight. I'll come back around from, like, I'll come back it, around because you're right. It's like a super reap. It's a super reap. Yeah. So like, it's, it's not, and it's worst not blowing my socks off. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, worst case scenario, let's say that um, you only have a two power, let's say you have, uh, you know, Bingle Bang Bang in play yeah. and they have no, en- there's no enemy creatures. You can play the flex and still get a single ember. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, why would you play the flex? But or then you play Blood of game. Titans on uh, Law of the Giant, and then you right, play the flex it, on him, and then you're like, oh my god, yeah. so much amber. While like, we're visiting Magic Christmas Land here. Yeah, no, let's visit the spa. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I mean like, we're, 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 yeah. we're looking at Magic Christmas Burned Down Land. We might as well look yeah. at Magic Christmas Land, too, yeah, like, right? Like, no, I, I get you. I'll come back around. I'll call it average. Like, you're right. It's, it's a, at the minimum. Yeah. Worst case scenario, unless you're doing it on a one power Brobnar creature, well, I don't even think it exists. So you can't um, go <laughs> rounding down would still be zero. Well, I, can you get? You can I round down from one. No, I know, but can you round down to zero? Can you? I don't know if you. It would be. It would be point five. So that would be. No, I know. I'm just wondering if. But like, also, that's how if you can go to zero. I feel like it's sense, irrelevant anyway because yeah, there are no one power. There are. Yeah. You have to play it on a Brobnar creature, so it's exactly. Um, so, so at minimum you get one. Yeah, so I'll come back around. At maximum, who? It's definitely not strong because, like I said, the average power of Robinar is five. That's going to get you two Ember. Not wild about two Ember. Right. Plus it costs you that creature for the turn. Two Um, Ember... But I'm saying it's not strong. It's average. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, you're you're not excited about... You're not excited about two Ember, but, like, that's Foozle. Yeah. Without having to destroy a creature. Yeah. Like, it's a Dew Fairy. Yeah. In that sense. You're reaping for two. Right. But it's one chunk. Anyway, um, so I think I think it's a, I think it's yeah. average. It's fine. I'm coming back around on it. I see where you're coming from on there. Yeah. So see, you did convince me on. Yeah. See, look at that. I'm good. That's stuff. why. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go on to the next card here. It's another reprint. Uh, the War Chest. It is an uncommon artifact item. With action, gain one ember for each enemy creature that was destroyed in a fight this turn. Yeah, uh, we had talked about before we started recording, like how. One of the things I felt about uh, Call of the Archons is that sometimes just houses didn't seem to have, or cards were printed with an idea that the house just wasn't great at executing on. Yeah. And like, again, Call of the Archons was very much based around the idea of reaping. Like, I mean, it was almost solitaire at sometimes, yeah. right? Like, so cool. Um, and, and in Call of the Archons, I would have put War Chest as a pretty strong card, regardless. 
Because it just like you know, it just did convince you to be like, all right, and I, I maybe I can get a lot more out of reaping than I can, or out of fighting. You know, I'll still have creatures at the end of this or whatever. Like you could make the war chest work. Um, in this set alone, uh, it became a solidly strong card. I I I personally feel. Yeah, I think having two of them like it did at the vault tour. Yeah, was even better. <laughs> well, a different set too. I mean, true, but I'm just saying, like... Um, so, you're saying set, so you're saying it's strong on this? Especially seeing as, like, they, they kind of... They kind of took all the good fighting cards from Call of the Archons and then printed more. Yeah. Because that was a big problem with Call of the Archons with Brobnar, was that you would get... There were things that wanted you to fight, and then there were creatures that you could use to fight. Yeah. But you could get them in the wrong order or the wrong mixture, and it kind of felt awful. Right. Now it feels like an age. There's cards that want you to fight, um, cards to do the fighting with, like yep. Brobnar creatures. But then there are more enablers to help you fight. Right. So that was the the pillar that was missing out of this yeah. trifecta of like, there's things that reward me for doing a thing, things that do the thing, but then there's not a way to help me do the thing. And then now, right. bam, we've got that. And yeah. So I think War Chest is a lot more viable. Uh, I've been burned by War Chest a ton of times. So War Chest is like my sound the horns, where... I know it's not a weak card, but it's only ever performed weekly for me. Hmm. <laughs> but that was called the Archons. Yeah. And I notoriously, every Brobnar deck I've ever played always gave me all the things that care about fighting and then all of the creatures that could do the fighting way later down the road. Yeah. So, so, like, so there is one clause about the War Chest that I think everyone looked at Loot the Bodies as like, this is like, that's the card you want, right? There's a clause about War Chest because Loot, Loot the Bodies cares about the, the fight being successful. So if your creature dies, you don't get the Loot the Bodies trigger, yeah. right? Where the War Chest doesn't care about the outcome of the fight. Yeah. So you could Well, except that your... the enemy creature has to die. Oh, no, actually, Loot the Bodies doesn't care about that. Loot the Bodies cares about destroy because you can Coward's End and Loot the Bodies. Right. Yeah, that was the um, thing is that this one is more conditional because it yeah. has to be a fight. Loot the bodies didn't care about fight. But but the thing with War Chest, though, is it doesn't care about the fight like your creature living at the end. Right. You it's just how many creatures died, or enemy creatures died this turn, cracked the War During Chest. During the fight. So yeah. it's, more, it's more limited, but it's repeatable. Loot the bodies was a single shot. And, and man, like, it yeah. called the Archons tournament made... Did, I mean, I had two of them, which certainly helps. But man, like, that was... Like, you're just like, okay, I'm cracking with everything, and I'm going to... So the other clause that people often mix up about the war chest is it the action at the time the action triggers the creatures had to have already died. Yeah, this has to be the last thing you yes, do. You so can, it's easy to forget. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think people. I think people go to use it and then read it like, oh wait. Yeah. Then they go and do their fights and then forget to use it. Yeah. So then, that feels bad. But and yeah. then you have people on the the crucible who just like pop it turn like right at the beginning of the turn. Yep. You're like, ah, uh, yeah. someone forgot that. Sorry. And whereas I think loot the bodies was the opposite, where yeah. you wanted to play it beforehand. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think so. You're, so you're going to come out with strong oh, yeah, on this. Strong. I think that in in Call of the Archons, uh, I would have called it like average, average. at best, um, with the possibility of being strong. But I think you're right with all of the. Um, and we we might be wrong. I'm betting we probably won't be because there are a lot of fight enablers yeah. in this set. And if you have a war chest in your deck and you can get it out early enough, um, the, it'll do work. I mean, compare it with Into the Fray, and like yeah. you can you can use one creature, one of your Brobnar creatures, to do all the destroying, right? And then reap with everything else. Yeah, and then you only lose one creature, gain a bunch of ember yeah. off of. Yep. Like, 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's going to be a strong card. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to barehanded. Do we know? Yeah, go. Sorry. That's fine. It's a it's a reprint. Um, it is a rare action bonus ember, uh, one bonus ember with play. Put each artifact on top of its owner's deck. So it is symmetrical. This is going to yes. snag your artifacts as well. Yes. Um, but it definitely gets theirs. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm always leery about symmetrical effects. I always kind of like I don't know. And I think that if you if you don't have a lot of artifacts in your deck, or if you don't care about the artifacts in your deck yeah. that much, um, then this is just straight up strong. Yeah. Uh, if the more artifacts you have, and the more your deck relies on those artifacts to be a successful deck, the more this dips down into average. I don't think it ever goes below average, though. No, I think it's it's at worst average. I have to I have to put it in. for me. I have to put it in the strong bucket. The reason why is, and, and granted, this set does change a lot of this mentality, so it could just still be my Call of the Archons mentality working. Um, I would almost rather have the symmetrical artifact removal because it's very rare that an artifact doesn't matter, yeah. especially on your opponent's upcoming turn, yeah. right? You know, if, like, hell, like, if you, if they have, say, Iron Obelisk out, Yep. And you need to forge next turn, this is a great card. Yeah. Right? Like, if they have War Chest out, or War, war Chest. For a massive Bravo turn, you're like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it. Getting. Because. because It's purely because artifact, artifacts are hard to remove and their effects are repeatable or very detrimental to the game. I agree. Right? Like, if you think about it in this sense, right? Like, if we go back to Call of the Archons days, like Annihilation Ritual. And you need to have that fight, Brobnar fight turn. Yep. You don't want to crack your guys into where you're going to have to purge them at the end, like every time they die. So you barehanded, pop that back to their hand. You crack in with everything that you need to, and then you still have your creatures, right? Like that. And then you know, I think it also the amber makes it the printed amber makes it a little bit um, palatable, palatable, uh, because you at least are moving forward. Yeah. When you play it. Yeah. So even if there's no artifacts in play, at least you get the ember. Yeah. Uh, I, it's still strong for me. I agree. I uh, think it's a, I think it's a strong card because, yeah. like like you said, if you have it and you know you're going to bounce your own artifacts, you can set yourself up to yeah. prepare for that. Um, whereas your opponent has no idea it's coming. Right. So and then you you basically you fizzle their next couple draw steps. Um, hopefully the next couple and not just a single draw step. Right. But worst case scenario, they are redrawing things that they already had. And if they have artifacts from multiple houses, now their hand is even more cluttered because they have to go through multiple houses to get these back out yeah. of their hand. And they also need to figure out which of those... What's the priority? Yeah, it was a priority yeah. of bringing yeah. those back out. And if they were shutting you down, uh, like, you know, your, your opponent had... Um, uh, what is it? World Tree. There's there's some artifacts in this set that are nasty, and getting those out of play, even for a turn or two, can cost not cost your opponent the game, but they can enable you to sneak out from under your opponent's plan. Yeah. Um. And uh, you have stuff like um, Pocket Universe where you can store Ember on it. Uh, there's stuff like that. Plus, you can always go against Call the Archons decks regardless. Yep. Yep. Um. And barehanded just you know knocks that right out. Um. What was the other one? But yeah, um, but it's a great it's a great card. I'm gonna call it strong. Worst case scenario, it's average, and yeah. when it's average, it's still good. Yep. So I think that you know the the upside is way way more often going to be available to you. Right. Uh, so let's go to the next card here, bellowing patrizate. 
is a rare giant uh, with seven power that says, while bellowing Patrizate is ready, each creature takes one damage after it enters play. So this is auto cannon as a creature. Yep. While it's ready. That is super important. Yes. Because you have a handful of Brobnar creatures you want to put in play. You don't want any of them to be damaged. Uh, you reap with this guy. Now yep. you play all your creatures and you're fine. And then it readies at the end of your turn and now your opponent has to deal with an auto cannon. Yep. Uh, and it's more removable than auto cannon. So on the other side of the table, it feels more fair. Yep. Because having an auto cannon is rough to go up against. Yeah. Uh, auto cannon, I should say, was a... Uh, I don't think... It, yeah, it's not reprinted. So it was a... Um, Artifact from Call of the Archons that has this exact same effect. Each creature takes one damage after it enters play. But being an artifact, it just it was passive. It just happened. Yeah. And it's symmetrical, just like this one. It's a bigger conditional Pingle as well, right? Right. Like, Pingle oh, yeah. I forgot the Pingle was yeah. the same. Yeah, I guess Pingle had the same ability. Um, and with seven power, he's going to stick around. Like, right. You're going to get... This effect will happen. Um, so that's... I, I think it's a great card. I think yeah. it's strong. Yeah, I think it's pretty strong. It's it's There's no downside. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's the, the that ready clause takes it from, like, I would say either lower end of strong or, or upper end of average if it didn't have that ready clause. But the fact that you can just reap with this thing, fight with it, whatever you want to do, and then play your creatures, I mean, sure, there's going to be some times where that's not the right thing and you're going to have to take damage, but I think that the ability to, to kind of have that option yeah. is huge. So you can turn it off when you need to. Exactly. So I, I think this is definitely a strong Crap. Card. You can turn it off. You could turn it off, and if you had things that you needed it to do, I mean, the only the, the one major downside too, right, is if you call off ha off Brabnar, and it's ready, because you can't turn it off. Oh, I didn't think of that part. Yeah, that's true. If you call a different house, yeah. your house is yeah. Taking damage. But 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 you can use that to your advantage too, right? And like, you know, you yeah. know ahead of time if you're going to play it. Yeah. So you can plan around that, and but as your your opponent is going to walk into it, they're yep. not going to have crafted their hand around this. They're not going to have set up their plays around this. Yeah. They're going to have to walk into it or get rid of it. And, and with it's seven power. It's not going away quickly. Right. And it's ready on their turn right. always. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little unfortunate that it's going to hurt you too. But I right. think that's not enough to drop it back down to average. I think it's going to be strong. yeah, it's still pretty strong. I will say that you want to check your deck carefully if you have him in there because with some decks he's going to cost you more than he helps you. Right. Um, and it may be the right move to just discard him. Yep. Um, you know, I guess if you have a lot of bad pennies, but yeah. <laughs> then you just end up with no bad pennies. True. <laughs> you just fine. you just replay it six times and it still ends up in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then you discard it because. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so, uh, we'll move on to the next card here. Bilgum Avalanche is a rare giant with five power. It says, after you forge a key, deal two damage to each enemy creature. So this is a reprint as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. I've um, never seen it. Yeah, but I guess I, that's why they reprinted the rares. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I don't, it's, a, yeah. it's an average card. Yeah, I, exactly. It's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's weak, um, but it's not great either. Like, if I have this in my deck, I'm like... Cool. This is like getting socks for Christmas. Like, I mean, it's useful, I guess, but I'm not. I'm not really excited about getting this. It's it's a six damage. Like, so so he, here's the way to look at it, right? It is a poison wave every time you forge a key, but only for your opponent's things. If this were if yes, this were straight true, up poison, true. yeah. If this true. just did two damage to every creature, yeah, no, I'm no, just no, discarding yeah, it every time. It's, it's too unreliable. Yeah. Um, but, not unreliable because you know when you're going to... Well, but you even then, you don't know when you're going to forge because like you get up to six ember, you're like, okay, I'm going to forge. Yeah, you can't rely on everything. It. Your opponent steals one and now your plan is messed up. But so, she's a five-power creature, which is 
Still good. Is that is that enough though? I don't know. I'm kind of now like I'm I'm talking myself into weak here from her I, just because like it's so unreliable. I guess I guess even though it's unreliable, it's nothing but upside. Yeah. So even yeah. if you can't count on it happening, it's not going to hurt you when it does happen. Yeah. Like, so, like, again, like if we were talking about if it was a symmetrical effect, then it would be a problem. Right. So I guess it, I mean, but I'm, I'm at the bear because I, I really yeah. want my creatures to like. I'm not. I'm not dissatisfied playing it, but I wish it would do more. I mean, if we think about like other cards that we kind of called, like think of like Bromo. Yeah. Like. Yeah. At least this creature she, can attack yeah. non-flank creatures. Yeah. Well, no, no, Bromo <laughs> can attack non-flank. Creatures, oh no, I was but, I was making a joke. I mean, yeah, Brogans, yeah, right, Brogans. right. Like that, like that's the other thing too is like, you know, her effect while maybe not reliable is repeatable. Yes, that's fair, and it's not it's not an irrelevant like two damage is non-negligible. Um, yeah, I think I think she's average, but it's it's I'm not wild, but I like I would rather have a different card. I would rather have a different yeah. rare in my deck. The other thing to think Hell, about I'd too, I'd rather have a different common in my deck. To 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 think about it this way though too, it doesn't say after your after you forge a key during your forge step. Oh, so you so could, you could cheat and key, key cheat. In. Yeah, key cheat's been reprinted, and Bravner has its own key yep. cheat. So you could Ever forge a key at the key beginning. Cheat. Yeah, you could forge a key at the beginning on your forge step. Then key charge after you call untamed, and she's going to trigger twice. That's yep. four damage to your opponent. That's hilarious. Although yeah. it kind of feels win more at that situation. Well, but, no, I mean, like, that but it does lock out. The, it like it just wipes your opponent's board. You've yeah. got two keys now, and like okay, you yeah, know, like, like come at me, bro. I mean, I th I think she's average. Like I, yeah. I I wouldn't say like she's I wouldn't say she's weak. Right, she's not strong. But, oh, definitely not strong. But, but I think she, 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 I think she firmly sets herself above that line of weak. Yeah. Um, still not wild about her. I think yeah. I'd rather have any common, well, any average common over her. But still, that's I'm not fine. tempted to discard her. I yeah, think. I yeah. At the very there's, least, there's no concerned. reason to ever. At discard the very her. least, she's playable. Yeah, there's no downside for yeah. it. Um, all right. So uh, next card up is Champion's Challenge. It's a reprint. Uh, it's a rare action with play. Destroy each enemy creature except the most powerful enemy creature. Destroy each friendly creature except the most powerful friendly creature. Ready and fight with those creatures. Um, that's not the exact text, but that's yeah. it's worded awfully, but that's what it's saying. Yeah. So basically, you yeah, so you you pick the strongest your opponent has, strongest you have, kill everything else, and those two just fist right. cuffs. Uh, this is think? probably the best board wipe in the game in terms of its only downside is. You well, it, it's so here. Here's the thing: it's a card that you're never gonna play incorrectly because if you do, like you miss something went real wrong for you. Um, and in 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 that sense, it might be still okay to do right. Like at very least, you reset the board. Well, let's let's. But let's, well, hang on. Okay. But anytime you play this card, you're the guy coming out on top. Well, maybe. I mean. Let's say all you have are weak little guys, and they have a strong guy. But you're not going to play the card in that sense. Or, or you don't care. Exactly. That's my point. Is Let's say this card said, destroy all of your creatures, destroy all but the most powerful of your opponent's creatures. Is that still a good card? I'd say yeah. yeah. You knock everything out, leave them with one. If you're behind, let's say all you have is one creature, and they have like ten creatures, yeah, I'm definitely playing this. Yeah. If I have... Uh, five creatures and they have five creatures but they're outclassing me um, I can either play this now and knock us both down to one um, but I've planned for it right. or I can hold on and play conservatively sandbag some more creatures and then play this when I know that they've committed too much to the board and now I can start dumping stuff on right. them so I think 
I think it's fantastic. I think it's, it's a strong, it's a strong card. card. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Like it, and like the the typical board wipe downsides don't exist. Like there's no chains. Yep. There's no. It's not alpha or omega. Like you know, you pretty much get to say, I'm choosing my biggest creature, and I'm gonna fight your. Well, it's not even. Is it most powerful for yeah. both? Uh, yep. So it is, except the most powerful enemy creature. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. Yeah, if they have a Brobnar creature, it's a But they there, still only fine. get one creature right. left. And if there's a tie, you get to choose. Yeah. So if there's three creatures with six power on their side, you choose which one it is. Yep. Um, and another thing is, too, you also just don't have to play it. If yep. your opponent just has, like, if you if you look at the board and you're like, their most powerful creature is still a huge problem. Right. It's, well, okay, well, that's the one situation in which you don't, well, maybe one of... Yeah, then with Khalifi Dragon, you're kind of like, uh... You're like, but even then, you knock out everything but the Khalifi Dragon, and now they just got a Khalifi Dragon? Uh, no, that, so good, no, no, but, no, Khalifi Dragon on its own is not a great, but what, a great what time. You, but I guess do you... I guess the situation there is like, okay, well, do I... Maybe then, maybe then what I do is I take all of my creatures, fight into the yeah. Khalifi Dragon, and kill it. Now and I then play you this. And then you again with our cha- uh, sorry champion challenge. challenge, and they get a different powerful creature. And the best part too is is you could also just look at me like I have no creatures. Yeah. Uh, so I, I lose my, nothing. Yeah, and I you lose, get one. I knock yeah. you down to one creature. So I think I think it's it's almost nothing but upside. Yeah. Um. And, and, and even in this worst case scenarios, yeah. a they're not going to be that frequent where you run into a situation where you don't get value off of this. Right. Um. But even then, you don't have to play it. Like the worst case scenario, you hold it. I've always been mad when someone plays it too. Yeah. Um, So we'll go on to the next one. Cyber Giant Rig uh, is a rare upgrade. Gives you a bonus ember and says, this creature gains, at the end of your turn, this creature loses a plus one power counter. Play. Fully heal this creature and give it a plus one power counter for each damage healed. So we'll kind of paraphrase this in, uh, you know, just colloquial English here. Um, So basically, you plop this card down on a creature. If it has damage on it, you take away all that damage and give it that many plus one power counters. Then at the end of each of your turns, it loses one of those power counters. And obviously, once it has no more power counters, it does nothing. Yeah. Um, So I think it's it's average. It's fine. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's average. If you don't have... So if you don't have a damaged creature, A, you don't have to play it. B, it at least gives you a bonus ember and does nothing. Yeah. Um, and then if you're, uh, so here's here's a cute thing. Oh well, no, because then if they have damage, I was gonna say you could play it on one of their, your opponent's creatures, but it heals the damage. Yeah, and then on top of that, if you have anything that gives a creature a power counter, it's you gonna lose it. Going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to yeah. So it's I mean, not even keeping it going because the only benefit to playing this card is you get to full get those, heal. Yeah. Right, and then you get the plus one the plus one power counter for each damage healed. Right? right, which cool. Like you could like if you think about like some of the creatures that you could drop this on, like in this set specifically, like yeah. Lollop or um, uh, Kulf or uh, the the Bellower there, like or the the yeah Bellowing uh, Petrizate. Like you can play it on them, and you're gonna get huge value out of the plus one plus one or the plus one counters because. You know, they're big. Like, you can crack them in. Like, you can into the fray and then drop Cyber cyber Giant Raygon to the creature that you into oh, the fray with, yeah. right? So, cool combo, yep. but completely unreliable. Right. And and then on top of that, it turns off you buffing it in any way. Right, if you because, try to add more plus one Yeah, because it's just going to lose something. them. Right. I mean, granted, yeah, cool, you, you did now, buff for a turn. That's plus one power counters. So if you have something that says uh, the neighboring creature gets yeah. plus one power, this will not remove that. Correct. It's strictly counters. Strictly counters. 
Um, so neat little effect. You could also play this on an opponent's creature that has plus one power counters, and it'll slowly tick away uh, those power counters. Yeah. I know Mars creatures have the ability to gain those yep. sometimes. So it's kind of a neat little play to put it on that. But obviously that's not something you can depend on. Right. So I think it's firmly... Is this even like? Is it average? I yeah, think it's average. Creatures like, have damage on them enough, and there's no downside to this. Right. Like at, at the bare minimum, it heals a creature and makes them a little bit bigger. So let's say they have one damage. You play this on that creature. You get a bonus amber. You heal the one damage off that creature. They immediately lose the power counter, so it doesn't net them any power. But you did heal them one damage. Yeah. And then you got a bonus amber. So I mean, I'm not wild about that, but that's the that's your worst case scenario. I mean, yeah, because even if you do heal it for one, yeah. I mean, say you did it on. Uh, I mean, Lollop Lollop becomes a twelve for that turn because yeah. he would have already had to exist for have to have damage on him, right? Right, unless you fought with him that turn. Well, you wouldn't play the cyber rig on him the turn before, or yeah. I mean, or that turn, right? Like, but still, I mean, like the the potential but you would fight, upside. Play the cyber rig. He gets all the plus one counters, right? And then I just meant if you fought with him first, and then for some reason, or I guess if you only no. got one damage on him, yeah. But I mean, point being, this the floor, the minimum power of this card isn't that low. No. And the ceiling, the upper bound of power for this card is huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, you're only getting power, so that's only as useful as yeah. other creatures. But that does allow you to hit a lot of other creatures, potentially. Yeah. I mean, so you I could have another good Into the Freight turn. Yeah, I think You could fine. probably have a better Into the yeah. Freight turn. I think it's fine. It's yeah, not it's bad, fine. but it's not wowing. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's pretty fine. average. Um, so we'll go on to Forge Master Og. Uh, he is a rare giant with four power that says, after a player forges a key, they lose... What's that? I think it's a lady. It is a lady. Okay, so I'm sorry. So uh, Forge Master Og is a rare giant with four power uh, who is a lady. It well, says, I mean, you don't know, really. <laughs> no, it, it does It does look... Um, I mean, I mean uh, well, you know, never yeah. mind. We'll just keep going. Anyway, all right. Uh, after a play... If we remember to go back, we can just edit this part yeah. out. <laughs> uh, after a player forges a key, they lose all of their remaining ember. Um... So I think what's what's our worst case scenario with this card is Dude, that it comes into play and never does anything because this they only ever go to six and they, yeah or or they never forge a key or they never forge a key ah uh, this okay. card is strong <laughs> yeah. this card is like totally it, it stops it, it puts a hard stop on the the amber yeah amber which like, shuts down a racing I mean all it really makes it well, all it really does is ensure like if you go over. It just ensures that you can't get it stolen away, and it doesn't. Yeah, it does it in a fair way. So, like, let's yeah. say they, let's say they, uh, they are not worried about burning the stockpiles, and they go up to twenty ember, right? And they say, okay, well, there's no possible way you're stopping me from forging this key, even though I'm going to lose fourteen ember afterwards. Yep. Like that's that's a that's a cool way of saying like, look, you get one key, that's it. Yep. Um, I like it. I yeah. think it's a, it's a good, fair, balanced way of Brabnar stopping uh, a, a player from like racing way ahead. Right. Yeah, I love it. It's it's yeah. super strong. Yeah, I think it's uh yeah it's it's really good. It's not gonna stop them from that key, but it'll it'll help limit their future uh, right stuff. So I like it. I like it strong. Uh, so we'll go on to the next one. Grumpus Tamer is a rare giant with four power that says reap. Search your deck and discard pile for a war Grumpus. Reveal it and add it to your hand. Then shuffle your deck. So I want to skip down to war Grumpus and we'll yeah. kind of review them together. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so War Grumpus is there. It is. Uh, it is a rare beast uh, with three power that says, "Fight Reap, ready and fight with a neighboring giant." So 
Uh, we have a four power creature. Is that what it was? Yep. You have a four power creature that, when it reaps, lets you search your your deck and discard pile for a three power creature that, when it fights and reaps, it allows you to ready and fight with a neighboring giant. Um, I think that War Grumpus, uh, the creature that is being searched for, um, is. I think that's strong. It's pretty strong. It's strong because it lets you reap. Which allows you to ready and fight with a neighboring giant. That's a gauntlet of command kind of thing. Sort of. Sort of. It has limitations, but that's still... It's not house cheating, but it's it's breaking that... There's some, it's breaking the rules of Keyforge, and that's yeah. always strong. So, so yeah, so it definitely uh, won't do... I mean, granted, there might be giants. I, I haven't looked through all the, the, the in other traits houses. of other houses, yeah. but uh, there might be giants in other houses, so you might be able to get away with that. Um and so yeah, so like it's almost only always benefiting Brobnar. Uh but it, it's pretty good. Like yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty strong no in the sense. There's no yeah. downside to this. Again, it's it's cheating cheating something into play. Or it's cheating the, the ready aspect of things, right? right? And you do it is required. You do yeah. have to ready and fight with a neighboring giant. With a giant. But I mean you can put non giants next to it. Yeah, and then it just doesn't yeah. affect it. I think it's strong, though. I mean, you you, you fight or reap with it. Um, well, I mean, in that sense, it's just a three-power creature. Yeah. Which is... Which is yeah. Which is no downside. But yeah, I mean, but, if, if the downside is just it's a three-power creature, Yeah, I think okay. I think the mileage you get out of um, yeah. the ready-cheating is, is it's good. good. Especially in, in Bromner, where you care about yeah. and, and, and a cre- Yeah, and a four-power creature that fetches it. Um, so I think he's average, because... You you have to reap to do it. I don't know. I mean, so it's no true collar bear flute is really what you like what you're comparing this to because those are the two things that do that right. And right. at least in Call of the Archons, right, is yeah, they so they go out and they fetch the things right. So where if the, if I remember correctly, returning bear flute returns all bears, right? Yours, you're all your bears, right? Yeah, but it returns all of them. Yes, where this. If you have multiple War Grumpus... War Grumpuses. War, war Grumpi. Grumpi. <laughs> uh, so, it only gets one. It right, still, still only gets one. But it gives you a free creature. But it's a reap... And it's a reap ability, too. Right, so you don't have to lose him to right. get... Or, or I was thinking it was a playability at first. Oh. It's, um, so it's repeatable, so I think you might be right about him being strong. So yeah, here's your, the, here's like your the line of play. combo is pretty strong. Here's your line of play. You uh, play Grumpus Tamer. You, 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 you start your turn. You have a Grumpus Tamer. Um, you... Uh, Reap with him. You go fetch your Grumpus. You play the Grumpus next to the Grumpus Tamer. Um, you oh no, it'll come in. Uh, it won't come in ready. No, put it in your hand. Okay, because I was going to say what you could do is you could reap with the um, War Grumpus, which will ready and fight with the Grumpus Tamer. Yeah, I would almost not want him. I don't want to fight with my Grumpus. No, well, grumpus yeah, tamer. like I almost wouldn't want the Grumpus, the grumpus next, next to, to him. a different giant. Yeah, yeah I agree. So um, I think he's the fact that he goes and gets another creature, even like so you can you can fight over and over and over again with the war grumpus and it just dies and it's just dealing three damage and then every time you reap with him he's fetching it back. Yeah, um, you, so you could literally crack it into something else. The only time that this card is bad is when you have the grumpus first. Like if you have a yeah. deck that has one grumpus and him, right? But even then it's not bad no. because then you just you well it's just, all, just it's the one inefficient time. It's inefficient, but it's not bad. Right. If that's your worst case scenario, is you get your War Grumpus ahead. Like if your if your Grumpus Tamer is the last card in your deck, and your War Grumpus in your opening hand, yeah. um, then you just have a three power creature yeah. that can synergize with your existing giants yep. and dies. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's way just... down the road. You get to have, get it back. Yeah, I think it's strong. Yeah. 
I think I think so too. I think the the potential that it gives you is is huge. Um, so we'll go to uh, the next card. Iron Obelisk is a reprint. It's a rare artifact location that says your opponent's keys cost plus one ember for each friendly damaged Brobnar creature. Yeah, this card just got better. Yeah, this was already a solid card. Yeah. And the amount of ways that you can damage your own things that we've seen just in Brobnar alone, not even taking other houses into account, yeah. makes this bonkers. Plus the fact that Brobnar wants you to fight, and Brobnar has big beefy boys um, and ladies that want to fight. Keep going. They, uh, you know, it, it synergizes so well with this Iron Obelisk. Your opponent's keys, they have to deal with all of your Brobnar creatures, which is no easy task, before they can forge their keys at a reasonable rate. Yeah. Or they have to heal all your Brobnar creatures, which, oh, darn. Unless that wins them the game on the spot, it's not going to be a bad thing to have fully healed Brobnar creatures. Right, exactly. So I think this is, is hands down strong. Yes, super good. If we were doing grading system stuff, this would be A+. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll go on to the next one. Uh, is King of the Crag. This is also a reprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a rare giant with seven power that says each enemy Brobnar creature gets minus two power. I feel like average at best. It's, it's top. It's top end of average. Yeah. Uh, if you think about it, uh, I mean, he he becomes considerably worse if your opponent's not playing Brobnar. Well, he's a seven power creature. Uh, yeah, but it's still considerably worse, yeah. right? Like I would I mean, say that's borderline average weak. He might as well not have. He's blank. Yeah, at that yeah he's, he's borderline, but he is seven power, so yeah. he can at least crack into stuff. He can still reap. I would say, I, honestly, if your opponent is not playing Brobnar, I'd say he's probably he, yeah, it's he's right on that weak. It's line. it's it's average. His, like, his well, power it, puts him over the line to because average. because if they're not playing Brobnar, like the strongest, like the highest powerhouse they could be playing is Sanctum. Yeah, like which seven Dis, still goes over the top. Of yeah, Dis yeah. Dis has some bigger creatures, yeah. but there's always a downside to them. Yeah, even so, if, it's like in seven seven is pretty high up. So yeah. at the very least, he can just trade for yeah. something problematic. Um, so and I think he's he, a that, removal piece. His power just barely puts him over the line into yeah. average. If they're not playing Brobnar, if they are playing Brobnar, is that enough to boost him into strong? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just like like crack like just. Saying negative two to everything, like yeah. or pretty much all of their Brobnar creatures, like which will be probably their strongest stuff, and kill, and kill some things if they they come out and like like yeah. if you think about like Pingle or not Pingle because he's not in the set, but like uh, the Rapskull yep. or um, uh, Bingle Bang Bang. Well, their like, whole fight, their whole de- the Brobnar just wants to fight. So if you reduce their ability to fight effectively yeah. they're going to be losing more creatures than they intend yeah he can he can board clear yeah in, in some ways right but, i mean they have to deal with him first to get full value out of their creatures but yeah but still incredibly conditional yeah. card so I, i'd call it average average asterisk. but yeah yeah because if your opponent has yeah the asterisk is if your opponent has robnar it actually goes to strong yeah um so next up is lava ball it is a rare action that says play deal four damage to a creature with two splash damage it's so one of the few cards where I don't feel like the rare aspect of it is a detriment. No. Uh, it's, um, it is the, uh, we talked about it earlier now I'm already, it's pound, but better. Yeah. It's I, better pound. Yeah. I say strong. Yeah. Super strong. Four, four damage is that average we talk about. Yep. Um, two damage on the sides. A lot of your elusive creatures are probably two, three health for the yep. most part. Um, usually elusive doesn't get up to four unless it's, you know, Crag the Silent there. Or Kulf. Um, Kulf the Silent, sorry. Uh, so, I mean, you're, the, the two damage is not going to be... Um, Useless, right? Uh, so I think I think four and two is a great split, and yep, yeah, it's great, great card. You're not going to be unhappy to ever see it. Um, so next up is um, Might Makes Right. 
it is a rare action, gives you a bonus ember, and says, play. You may sacrifice any number of creatures with total power of 25 or more. If you do, forge a key at no cost. So, average power for Brobnar, because it's, huh? Oh, any number of creatures. Doesn't have to be Brobnar. Nope. I misread that before. Does I thought it had to be Brobnar. So, average power across the set is four, which means you're sacrificing, uh, what is that, six, seven creatures to get mm -hmm. up to that, past that 25 point. Um since it's just a Brobnar card, you will have Brobnar creatures. So I would actually say that we can use that average Brobnar power um, and bump that to like probably an average power of five since you yeah. will have Brobnar stuff. So I'm thinking, you know, that that's probably five creatures. Yeah. Maybe six creatures. Uh, uh, and, on and average. The, and the thing is, is there's no ready clause. No. The creatures right. don't have to be yeah. ready when you do it. So you can reap, 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 fight, 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 fight. Or sacrifice them. Dump your hand. Yeah. Or uh, sacrifice them. Coward's End. Yeah. I mean, like, it. if you look at any of the cards that, or any of the Kichi cards that come out that required uh, conditions that weren't based around Amber, this is probably the best one. Yeah. Like, I, it's at least achievable. Right. And I think, uh, like, I'm looking through, there's not a lot of creatures with, like, seven. Uh, so you're, I'm, I'm thinking the bare minimum creatures here is the uh, 11 power Lollop. Um, there's a couple, there's like, a, there's two creatures with seven, but they're un uncommon and rare. So you're looking at um, 11, six, and then two more six, or even 11 and seven is 18, plus six more only gets you to 24. So I don't think there's any possible way to sacrifice less than four creatures. Oh, no, I, there definitely isn't. Unless you've got that um, Blood of the Titans card out, which yeah. could boost something up. But, um, Without without extra little bits in here, the uh, the minimum is going to be four creatures. Yeah, I'd say this is average in so terms sack, of keep cheats. Yeah, sack four creatures to forge a key, or even yeah. sack six creatures. Hell, like, I'd wipe a board for a key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's and if that's your third key, or yeah, if it, like if this is going to win me the game, I don't care about my creatures. Yeah, I think, I think it's, <laughs> you can't really interact with it in any like. Outside of killing the creatures that I have. Right. So let's take, let's, I mean, let's look at that as far as like the, the floor here is that it's a dead card. Although. It gives you an ember. Gives you an ember. And you do not have to sacrifice. So it's, you may sacrifice. So it's not like uh, you have to sacrifice everything regardless of whether or not you have enough to forge a key. Right. You can just play it for the ember and it's done. Like if you want to, the, the best comparison card to this is uh, Epic Quest, right? That's fair. Um, it's better than Epic Quest. It is way better than Epic Quest yeah. because it doesn't. Um, it gives you an amber. Yep. And while Epic Quest archives, it it's only knights. So I'm going to call this average. It's average. But in the right deck, if you have a, a deck that has a ton of creatures in it, this goes straight up to strong. Like yeah. this can win you games if you have the right deck for it. And and on top of that, like it's not. It, there's there's no cost. Like, it's not like sacrifice total power of 25 creatures and then pay, like, you know, you forge a key at, like, two amber or whatever. Like, yeah. there's, like, or, like, current, current cost minus whatever or whatever. Yeah. There's no amber cost at all. Right. So, who cares about any of the uh, the increase in costs that you're yeah. going to, like, try to throw at me? Like, and I'm just going to get it. The fact they don't have to be ready is huge. Right. That means that you can, even if this is going to be, so you, you start your turn. Uh, you have six Brobnar creatures that we talked about. Um, you reap with all of them, go to six ember, play this. That's your key number two, and now you've got enough ember for key number three. Your opponent has to answer it. Yeah, like it's it's in, in the right decks, it's it's definitely strong. It's right on that edge of average to strong. It's going to be very deck dependent though, because in some decks it could just be straight up weak. Right, where all you ever get is an ember out of it. Right, um, 
But I think there's enough creatures in the game that it, you're probably, yeah. more than often, it's going to end up in that average bucket. Um, so we'll go to Mugwump. Uh, he's a six power rare, oh, sorry, he's a rare giant with six power that says, after an enemy creature is destroyed fighting Mugwump, fully heal Mugwump and give it a plus one power counter. I don't think we need to discuss anything. He's just straight up strong. Yeah. Heals himself, gets bigger, keeps getting bigger every time he fights in a house that wants to fight. Sorry, not every time he fights, but he's probably killing something when he fights. Um, in a house that wants to fight. This guy's a monster. Yeah, he's going to have some trouble with elusive stuff, but pff, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, you pop something else. If, if he's your only creature on board and they've got elusive stuff, I mean, like, you can you can run something else into the elusive yeah. stuff to pop yeah. the elusive. Yeah, you can make it work. Yeah, he's, he's nothing but strong. Yeah. There's... You have to, like, try to make him bad. And yeah. I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to Phoenix Heart. It is a rare upgrade that says, This creature gains. Destroyed. Return this creature to its owner's hand and deal three to each creature in play. I don't like it. I, I don't think I've ever liked it. I've, the thing is, is it's done some cool stuff. Yep. But um, this is, the problem is it gives your opponent control over your fate. Because they destroy it when it's convenient for them. I mean, you also have that opportunity. Right. But they get... I mean, you can play it on a ready creature and then fight into one of their creatures and lose your creature deliberately yep. and then, um, you know, deal three to everything. Yeah. And then you get Phoenix. Or then you uh, you get the creature back. I mean... I mean, ideally, that's the best play for it. That's your best case scenario, which isn't uncommon. But then you've also got to look at your own board. So this requires you to be behind... And to have a ready Brobnar creature on the table. In it doesn't order have to, get, to be a Brobnar. Oh, I mean, yeah, to fight with you, that turn. Yeah, to get it that turn. Because otherwise, now you're handing control to your opponent. And you don't want to play more things while Phoenix Heart is on the table at the risk of losing whatever the Phoenix Heart is. Because it doesn't give you anything else. It doesn't say, True. like, uh, you get a bunch of Ember for the creature dying. Because then, you then your opponent is deterred. From attacking that creature, it's like, well, I don't want to attack that. It's you know, it'll not only do three damage, but it'll do everything else. So it's it's putting, you know, it's like giving your opponent a key to dis, right? You know, um, so I, I don't I don't like it. I think it's weak. Yeah. I think there there may there will be situations where it's yeah, a strong it's card, good, but, but it... more often than not, it's going to cost you. It's going to be harder to use in a way that gets you maximum value. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm going to say. Uh, so next up is Pile of Skulls, a rare artifact location that says each time an enemy creature is destroyed during your turn, a friendly creature captures one ember. It's fine. Yeah, it's it, fine. It's, it's good amber deterrent, but it's it's kind of reliant on you having creatures. Right. And, and now, it's an artifact. It just stays yeah, in play. it just stays in play. It doesn't matter what house you call. So there's there's if you get it early in the game, like I had someone that played this turn one, and I yeah. couldn't win. I just could not do anything. The problem um, is, is it becomes a glorified ether spider at a certain point. Except spread out across multiple creatures. Right, true. So they have to get rid of all of those creatures. But you're right. One board wipe and you get it all back. Yeah. But, and that could be a lot of amber. Yeah. It could be a lot of amber. Yep. And they're destroying your creatures, which makes yeah. it harder for you to destroy their creatures and get the amber right. back. Yeah, if you have a great control, like if you have a great way of controlling the board, yep. this card's... Fantastic. It doesn't have to be a fight either. Right. It's, it's just, just whatever. destroyed. So, so you, yeah. I uh, it's average. I think I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's strong. There's situations where it will be strong, but yeah. I think on average it is average. Yeah. Um, so we'll go to our next card here. Rock hurling giant uh, is a rare giant surprise mm -hmm. uh, with six power that says 
During your turn, each time you discard a Grobnard card from your hand, you may deal four damage to a creature. So that's any creature. Yep. Um, anytime you discard, so you don't have to discard to use that ability. If something makes you discard cards, um, then uh, it's during your turn. So I, yeah. I was thinking Toxin, no. Subtle Maul, those types yeah. of things. That doesn't it's count. It's only during your turn. Um, but that's still that's still pretty good. I don't know if there's ways to discard cards from your own hand for value outside of him. No. So, but that's that's fine. If you have dead Brobnar cards in your hand, you can just ditch them. Or just like stuff that's just not going to be convenient for the time. Like it, it's good. It's it's an average card, I think. You I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, because it does have a cost. Discarding a card is a non-zero cost. Yeah. It does allow you to turn things. Like, let's say, you know, let's say you have that Phoenix Heart in your hand. Well, now that Phoenix Heart is just deal four damage to a creature. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think, I, I'd say average because, disc, like, it does require you to have Robinar cards that you want to discard. Right. Um, four damage is the average power in the game. So, it's not... It nothing. definitely gets sort of... It definitely gets rid of elusive. Like you could, there are cards that you could choose that you're like, well, you know, this being on the board is probably much less useful than me just getting rid of something else, yeah. right? Like, yeah, there's cards where they're, and you get, you can always get them back. They're discarded. Yep. Um. So I think I think you're right. It's average, but it's at the top end of average. Yeah. Because he can still reap on top of this. It's not an activated ability or anything. So he's still free to to go nuts and do his thing, um, while you discard cards. So right. I think it's average, but it's at the top end of average. Uh. So next up is. Shard of Strength, a rare artifact. Uh, it's uh, sorry, a rare artifact item shard, which is a new type of thing. Um, and when we read the card, it will kind of explain how shards work. Yeah. But there's one for every house. Um, so, uh, Shard of Strength says, action: give a friendly creature a plus one power counter for each friendly shard. So if you have three shards, you get three power counters. And each shard has a similar type of ability where it cares about the amount of friendly shards. Yeah. So far... I think you can have multiple shards... Like, you can have multiple shards of strength. I don't think they're exclusive. I don't know. Like I, I, th- I want to say I read somewhere, but okay. don't... That, that might be don't good. Quote me because, like, so far, the only thing... The only decks I've seen that have had shards in them have had three. But they've been three... One in each house. Yeah. So... Uh, which is almost the better way to have that, right? Like you, in a way, yeah. That way you can, yeah. do it. And they aren't action, so you do have right. to call that house to get that benefit, right? But um, I think having, so if you only have one shard, how good is this? It's an action that you get a plus one power counter. I mean, it's an action. It's fine, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it's, an, I mean, it's, it's average at that point. Average. If you have two shards, two different right. houses, I think these cards are just so like. I think this one, even at its most, so let's say you have three shards out, and you can put plus three power on a creature. Yeah, oh, so that, that seems strong. That's strong. Like, like they're all strong. I, I think they're all strong in in, in context. Like, well, wait. Be, so because you know, so you can't count on getting other shards in play or anything. So I think that the floor on this is average. Well, the, with I guess you have to because I'm like thinking about the shards as a as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily as like this individual shard and what that means. Like, I think one power is. Yeah. Whatever, it's fine. Like I, I don't. Even if you think, like, when you start racking up multiple shards, now yeah, this one shard becomes better with multiple shards. So I'd say it's average with an asterisk. I mean, well, yeah, it, it it's very dependent upon like what else. They're just they're so dependent upon each other. It's yeah. really hard to be. Like, it's hard to evaluate as, well, as on its own. Like, is it good? I don't because like there is another shard in the, in the set that is bonkers, stupid. Oh, okay. on its own. Yeah, it, like it's just. 
So I think on its own, this is an average, and then it, it, with the potential, every yeah. like if you get another shard out, that's that bumps it into strong. Yeah. So it's 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 weird how just a single uh, a single extra power makes this actually a strong card, whereas a single power, I'm not excited. Yeah, it's probably not the best of the shards, but it is. No. it's good. Um, but yeah, so I'd say average with an asterisk. Yeah. Like you know, depending on your deck, uh, you know the, the shard content of your deck, it can it can be a powerhouse. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to Signal Fire is a rare artifact item. It says Omni. Uh, sorry, it gives you a bonus ember. Yep. And it says Omni, sacrifice Signal Fire. For the remainder of the turn, friendly Brobnar creatures may fight as though they belong to the active house. Oath of the Brotherhood. Uh, yeah, but they can only fight. That's fine. They can't read, but no, 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 I know. They're, I, I can't remember if Oath of Brotherhood was used. I think it's used, but... Yeah. So it gives you a bonus ember, so it's not for nothing when it comes out. The fact that it's Omni, I mean, just like yep. Sacred Brotherhood, um, which was a Sanctum artifact from yep. the last set, for those that might not remember, um, that does a very similar, if not exactly the same thing, uh, except for Sanctum. Is it Oath um, of Brotherhood? I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. I think, I think it's Sigil. Or Sigil of Brotherhood? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so is this, I think it's, I think this is stronger than the Sanctum version because Brobnar wants to fight so much. But the I think it's is, conditionally stronger. It depends on the Brobnar creatures that exist. Well, and a lot of the a lot of the reason you fight with Brobnar is because of the other cards you have in your hand of Brobnar. So right. being able to fight outside of your Brobnar house call is not as good as being able to fight inside. So if this was the opposite, where it allowed you to have non-Brobnar creatures fight as though they were Brobnar, that would be a strong card. Yeah. I think this is probably the upper end of average but I'd, I'd say it's probably average because it's not situationally it's it's not great because you can't use all those problems you can't use into the fray you can't use uh right. loot the bodies you know not that it's printed in here but right you get the point um so i think it's i think it's probably toward the upper end of average because problem creatures are still no slouches when it comes to fighting right. um but you're not going to get as much benefit as if it were the yeah. other way where you could i mean that would be amazing if you could fight on a Brobnar turn with the rest of your board Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. That'd be yeah. so good. I mean, um, it's still it's still a cool card. Like, it is. I, I'm happy. I'd be happy to see it. But I, yeah, but it's not. But like, I think it's. I think it's top end. Yeah, is... and, the, and there will be games where it blows your socks off, and there will yeah. be other games where your socks will stay firmly on your feet. Yep. Um, so we will move on to the next card. It is take that, smarty pants. Uh, rare action gives you a bonus ember and says play. Steal two ember if your opponent has three or more logos cards in play. Um, so. Best case scenario, you get three, they lose two. Yeah. All right. Which, so so here's so so here is my because because it's very similar to Smith in a way, right? If you think about it, like where my argument was at at minimum, you can get one. Right. Sure. But the the conversation around that card was based was more uh, more or less based on like like crafting the situation how, how hard right. is that situation that uh, right it's conditional how hard is that condition to meet right this card sucks this is awful <laughs> this so card sucks. smith smith you have a lot of control right. over your ability to meet that condition you play creatures right you eliminate their creatures now granted your opponent can eliminate your creatures which true you know trigger that and that's why i'm not wild about it is because it gives your opponent some element of, over, of control over it right. but at least you can put out all the creatures you need to put out and use it immediately. Right. Um, you don't have to spend several turns. But this card is awful. I can't um, give you logos. No. Unless I have logos in my hand and I and have you, a way of giving you logos cards. But So it's in a house that wants to fight and it is disincentivizing you from fighting your opponent's logos creatures. So you, it's like, go yeah. left, also go right. 
like wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. I get one. And so, and so what's your top end? Is they have three logos creatures now? You steal two. I mean, yeah. you get three, which is fine. Yeah. But stealing two is is yeah. average. Like that's fine. In that's, sealed, that's this card switch. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, not amazing. It's good in sealed because your likelihood of running up against somebody who has logos is probably a little higher. Eh. I mean, it's a Gary card. I mean, not Gary. A Garfield card. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's so. I mean, it gets I you it, at least. It, at least it gets you an amber. At least you don't have to discard it. Yeah. yeah. At if least you, you don't have to discard if it. it. Didn't That's have the bonus, major flow. Uh, if it didn't have bonus ember, I would be angry. I would be key of darkness angry yeah. about this card. Um, but it, it's 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 a worthless card, except for the fact that it at least gives you the bonus right. ember. And in the very rare situation where they have, well, maybe not even rare, but in the uh, the the very conditional situation where they do have three logos cards. Creatures. I will say though, cool. to, to, to <laughs> counter your argument about like it disincentivizing you to fighting. Oh, and nothing sorry. says, but nothing says you can't play this card first and then fight. No, I get that. I, I, I get that. I get that. But they, so it's almost off of them. But they also have to have two ember to steal. That's very if they true. have one or less the, ember. The card gets even worse than that. So even even if they number. have even if they have three logos creatures, if they have zero ember. Card doesn't matter about them having three of those creatures. Yeah, it's a um, bad card. It's just, it's awful. Uh, I would be It gets very, me an amber, and that's all I care about. Uh, I, I hope, I would be, you know, I would be happy if I never saw this card in any of my decks. Right. And if my opponent has it, I just feel bad for them. Yeah. If I have logos, like... It's not good. At least it's a rare, so you shouldn't see it very often. Yeah. If this were a common, I would be very mad. A rare that gets I you an amber. so upset. Great. Thanks. Yeah, I know. This is a bad rare. <laughs> Hook me up. Moving on to Tireless Crocag, uh, a rare giant with seven power that says Tireless Crocag cannot reap. You may use Tireless Crocag as if it belonged to the active house. If your opponent has no creatures in play, destroy Tireless Crocag. Um, I I originally thought this would be average, but I've kind of come up I, strong on it because because of the fact that you can use it on every turn. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I feel like this card is good. Yeah, uh, this card is really is strong. Um, it's, it's a it's a it's a creature removal every turn until it dies. Yeah, yep. and, and literally every like you don't have to call Brobnar. That's the if you had to call Brobnar, it would be fine. It's I think at that yeah. point it's average. Um, actually, it might not even it might be just weak at that. Well, it'd be borderline because yeah. like, if you had to call Brobnar for it, you can't reap with it. All you can do is right. fight. It'd be iffy, but the fact that you do this every turn, it's just a free card. It's free value. So the the counter argument to that about calling Brobnar, like if it was just calling Brobnar and then you can do stuff, is that at least you know the purpose of that card the moment that you, you start your turn, yeah. right? Like you don't have to be like, do I reap with this guy? It's just like, no, man, I don't have to reap at all. I'm just going to swing <laughs> in. Like this is great. That's fair. And at least Brobnar cares about finding. Right. But, um, there are so many cards. Like like if you just look at it in, in from like taking every card that we've talked about, because this is the last card that we're going to talk about for Brobnar. Yeah. Is if you look at every action or upgrade that you can put on this creature, like or, or just things that you can do around him, it's bonkers. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, he's a rare, which kind of sucks because you might not see him, but he the, just the things that he can do with with the tools that Brobnar gives him. On any turn, yeah, like put blood of titans on him, like yeah, and he's just know, removal on a stick. Yeah, now he's what thirteen, right? Uh, twelve. Twelve. Sorry. It's five. Yeah, it's plus five, five. Five. Yeah, plus five. Right. So yeah, he's a twelve. Yeah. You know, like he'll get at least two fights in. Yeah. Even if it's lawless. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, there's so many things that he can do 
Yeah. It's I mean, easy. you into the fray with him, like, yeah. like on the Brahmin return, like, because you can't read, so you're not losing anything. So yeah. you into the fray with him, like, or Ooh, he's a great target for flex, since yeah. you can't read anyone. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, like, you get to, like, yeah, exactly. Like, he's another great card for, like, yeah. there's so many cards in the set for for him specifically that he just synergizes right. so well with. I would say he was, a, if he were, well, we're, we're talking about a thing that doesn't even right. exist. I think right. we can settle with him just being a strong, right. he's super strong. strong card because of the super strong. Um, and then the last card would have been Ward Grumpus. We already right, talked about him. Uh, but just in case you're following along on yeah. the uh, the spoilers that we're uh, do, looking at on the Toy Wiz, um, we called Ward Grumpus strong. Yeah. Um, and you can just go back 10 minutes or whatever it was and listen to why. Yeah. So that, that ends it for our Brobnar. Yeah. <laughs>